in online. A charity which has raised over £7 million for Bedford Hospital in the past 25 years is suspending its appeal for the new children's A&E department. Tony Fisher has more. Last month, the hospital announced it would no longer be providing overnight children's inpatient care and children's A&E. The Bedford Hospital charity says it's so far raised about £90,000 to furnish and equip the new department. It now says it's suspended its appeal until the Trust has put in place a blueprint for a sustainable service for the children of Bedford. There's evidence to suggest that far more workers are employed under zero-hours contracts than official estimates show. A study by the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development has found that as many as one million people could be on the contracts, which offer no guaranteed work or pay from one week to the next. Ben Wilmot is from the organisation and says the contracts aren't necessarily a bad thing. Benefits, if used right, are flexibility both for employers um, and for workers. And I think that's, that's the key thing, is, is understanding that if they are used appropriately, then they benefit both employers and workers. The EasyJet founder, Sestelios Hajioanu, says he's launching a new low-cost food business to challenge supermarkets such as Aldi and Lidl. Sestelios is planning to open a pilot site in Croydon with a view to rolling the stores out nationwide next year. In sport, Australia's cricketers were left frustrated after play was suspended for the day in the third Ashes test at Old Trafford due to bad light. The tourists lead England by 331 runs going into the final day, having reached 172 for seven in their second innings. Should England avoid defeat, they will retain the Ashes urn. The weather, outbreaks of occasionally heavy rain and a top temperature of 23 degrees Celsius, that's 73 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Catherine? Yeah? You're right. I'm fine. When did Stelios become Sir Stelios? Uh, a couple of years ago. Really? Mm-hmm. Is he allowed to be a sir? I think so. Is he not Is a, he Greek Cypriot? Well, this is... Well, it, well what does that mean? Well, I know well, what it means. that means they've got British rights, don't they? Oh, does that mean... He's... So, hang on a minute. If he's a Greek Cypriot, as my mother-in-law would say, not a real Greek, <laughs> she's Greek, I'm just quoting her racism, <laughs> um, then th- that means he's allowed to be a sir, does he? Apparently so. Shall I look into it for you? Could you look I'll into it? I'll make sure. It? We could whip it back off him. Could, so, well, let's, let's do a... He probably... He, pro- <laughs> he probably um, bought it online very cheap. I'm sure he didn't if his legal team is listening. I'm sure it's a legitimate knighthood. Could you... Um, oh, could you find out, Catherine, if it is uh, a legitimate knighthood? Of course. And who I would need to write to to complain about that? Right, OK. Yeah, no problem. So, buzz down when you've got it and we'll put you straight on air. Right, OK. Ta-ta. Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I didn't know that Stelios was a sir. You, you may have gathered that from the conversation I just had with Catherine Doyle. Some clues in there. Right, I have a, a, a menu in front of me. It's the worst written menu ever. I'm going to read it verbatim. Word for word. I'm Ian Lee here on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's the 5th of August. Today on the show, I'm talking fraud as Hatfield and Luton are hotspots, apparently. Find out why shortly. And are you excited by the new Doctor Who? Matt Smith's replacement was announced last night. If you don't know it, who it is, where have you been? I tell you all about it in next hour, sir. <laughs> I'm only teasing. I'm only teasing. After Catherine Boyle producing last week, thank goodness we got a proper producer in. Lorna is sitting in. Boy, oh boy, are we in for a good week. 
Facebook.com forward slash... That was unfair, I'm sorry. Facebook.com, I have to do an apology to you next as well. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or give me a call. 08459 555 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Ever been a victim of fraud? Well, Luton and Hatfield have been named as fraud hotspots for people having their identity stolen. That's according to the latest figures from the UK's Fraud Prevention Service, uh, CIFAS. Richard Hurley is from CIFAS and joins me on the line now. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. Richard, why are uh, Luton and Hatfield hotspots? Uh, that's a very good question. What the figures will represent is a mix between two main kinds of fraud. One is where criminals have targeted people, and that may therefore represent a number of reasons. Either A, that there's uh, criminal gangs operating within those areas, or that they have uh, targeted data uh, of, of consumers that they ha- uh, have uh, in that particular area. The other one is that the figures might also represent just little pockets of activity where people have made, for example, inflated insurance claims or made claims for events that didn't happen or maybe uh, told a few uh, what might seem like white lies on an application form Mm. but actually legally count as fraud. So it's difficult to give you a categoric reason. Rather, I can point to a number of factors that might contribute. How how are con men getting our information? I remember about 10 years ago, we were told to shred everything uh, because people going through our bins. Is that still the case, or have they got a little bit more sophisticated now? They've got a little bit more sophisticated. Believe it or not, the going through the bins does actually still happen. However, the vast majority of identity fraud cases and uh, frauds where people have hacked into your accounts takes place online now. And certainly that's how they're getting the data. It'll, it'll be a mix of things. Either A, say, you know, hacking of organisations' databases to obtain data out of them and through to filling in some of the gaps from just information that is actually already out there. So, for example, they can find some of your data um, through a hacked database. They don't have it all. What they could then do is go onto line, maybe look for social networks, maybe uh, go through uh, publicly available sites that are perfectly legal, but that will list details about your property. And then they find your date of birth and they might find certain bits of family information. And that might just help them fill in the gaps about security questions, try and do an application in your name, either break into an account or get something in your name for themselves. What can we do to stop this happening? Basically, the first thing you can do is is obviously just keep... Uh, keep care of the data that you have about yourself that's online. So, for example, if you're friends with uh, a lot of people on Facebook, um, those friends who you actually know, they're going to know details about you, such as your date of birth, such as maybe where you live, you know, and, uh, you know, important little um, details that give an insight into your life. Do you need to, therefore, publicize that to a lot of people who you don't actually know but you're just friendly with online that's the first thing to do is treat your personal details like uh, a valuable object 
The second one, obviously, is to make sure that you actually review all of your online safety habits. Don't use public Wi-Fi spaces to do anything sensitive like banking. Um, Make sure that you change all of your passwords um, to make sure that they are complicated. So they're a mix of uppercase, lowercase and numbers. I can't remember. I can't remember them, though, Richard. That's the problem with passwords. It's so difficult. Yes, I know. I know what you mean. They are, they are so difficult. I think the thing to, to try and do is is choose something that is so personal and well known to you that it's going to seem absolutely obvious, but is actually not just a variation of something like your pet's name or name of a parent or child. What you want to do is think about something. Maybe it's like a favourite song lyric, and take I don't know the 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 first letter of each. Uh, word in that song lyric and use that as a beginning so that you absolutely have no doubt about what your password is but that actually you've just made your password one hell of a lot more difficult to crack for somebody who doesn't know you what's your password <laughs> oh, I, I tried it, Richard. I thought I might get away with it. I didn't. That's uh, Richard uh, Hurley there. Thank you very much. From the UK's Fraud Prevention Service, SciFast. Well, have you been a victim of fraud? We all like to think we're a little bit too clever. Don't, oh, they'd never get us. Oh, those fraudsters would never, never get us, never get my details. But yet they must do because they make money out of it. Do give me a call. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, um, at the top of the show, you may have heard uh, the announcement that, um, oh, I don't know, Stelios is doing something, I don't know. Uh, but he's Sir Stelios. Well, I asked my production team and my news gathering services to find out a little bit more about uh, Stelios and his night. Catherine Ball joins me in the studio now. Good morning, Catherine. Hello. Catherine, you've been looking into this. Well, what have you discovered for us? Well, Sir Stelios is a um, he's a British man of, of Cypriot origin. He has dual nationality. Ah, you Born see. Born in Athens, mind, but don't call him Greek. Well, hang on a second. Hang on a second. He's a Greek Cypriot. Mm-hmm. He's British. Yeah. Yet he's born in Athens, which is Greek Greece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What on earth is going on. He knows where his bread is buttered. What cricket team does he support? I have no idea. He lives in Monaco. Uh, wait a, a second! <laughs> He's got... Listen, I don't want to go all, um, you know, Steve or Justin Dealey here, but, uh, but... But... How on earth can this man be given a knighthood? Because he's made a lot of money for the country. OK. You've brought down about seven sheets of paper. Yeah. Is that all you've I've got I've also from... got one here about a complaint that he made once about someone calling him Greek. So, oh, let's... Um, so Stelios... He complained to the Press Complaints Commission that an okay. article headlined Greek Chorus from Stelios does uh. EasyJet a disservice, published in the FT in 2011, contained inaccuracies in breach of Clause 1. So I think it does pay to be accurate. OK, in that case, you. I would like to... Uh, she's waving a photocopied sheet of paper at me. Do we still have a photocopy? In that case, yes, I would like to... I use it. I would like to uh, um, with, apologise sincerely and wholeheartedly to Sir Stelios. Um, Since June 2006. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. They didn't ask you whether that was okay. I'm struggling to pay my mortgage and that guy's a sir. Do you want some Mama Cass? Always. Let's have a little bit of Mama Cass. I've been playing a lot of Mama Cass. Let's have a bit more, shall we? Overflow. 
love it. I love it. A little bit of Mama Cass. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.15 exactly. Let's get the travel news now. Here's James Worley. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Ian. The uh, motorway's aren't bad at all. Keep an eye on the cameras on the M1. Can't see any problems northbound into Northamptonshire. Southbound running well towards London and no delays on the sensors on the M1 or indeed the M25. M25 moving well uh, through the roadworks between junctions 23 and 25 South Mems to Enfield. Uh, there's a lane closed down on the North Circular in London. It's on the eastbound side at Bowes Road. So one lane's closed because of a spillage caused by an accident earlier on. On the trains, no problems to report across three counties this morning. James Wally, BBC Three Counties Radio. That's how you do a travel report. It's going up to 6.16. It's Monday the 5th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A 65-year-old man arrested on suspicion of manslaughter following the death of a man during a row in a Bedfordshire car park has been released on bail. Paul Gascoigne is due before Stevenage magistrates today, charged with common assault and being drunk and disorderly. In sport, England's cricketers can retain the ashes today, should they avoid defeat against Australia on the final day of the third test. The old Trafford. Coming up, problems with parking in Milton Keynes? You gotta be kidding me, guys! BBC Three Counties Radio. They're down on their blocks then. From this weekend on the BBC. And the stage is set for a mighty battle. The world's best come together in Moscow. Away they go then. For the biggest athletics event of the year. And if you didn't think that James Dazzaolo had arrived, he certainly has now. Double goal for Shake Drayton. The performance of her life. Mo Farah seems to have kicked again. What a race. The World Championships. Start Saturday, live across the BBC. You don't know what's going on You've been away for too long You can't come back are still mad You're out of touch my baby My whole fashion baby I said baby 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 You're out of time Well baby 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 You're out of time I said
this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3D, whatever it is. If you want to send me a text, Kelly Betts, what's the, Kelly? What's the, what's the text number for those listening at home? I can't hear you, so I'm watching your mouth. What's, What's the, the text, text number? No, 811-333-30-message-3CR, and it will come straight here to Ian Lee. What? What is it? What is a text? What is the... <laughs> I need to get headphones. What is... What I'm miming it. The, the text... Text... Number. number. I just said it. Eight double one double three. Eight double one double three. Eight double one double three. What's that? No, it is not. Eight one triple three. If you want to send us a text, start your text three. See ya. Oh, you can give us a call. Oh eight four five nine. Four double five five double five. Now the issue of parking has reared its head in central Milton Keynes once again. This time, the problem surrounds residents' per- parking permits. Parking permits. People in central Milton Keynes have been able to use their parking permits to not only park outside their home but at work as well. And some residents have even been selling off visitor passes on the internet. Well, our reporter, Lorna Hankin, has been following the story. Lorna, what exactly is the problem? Well, Milton Keynes, it's split into parking permit zones, but unlike other large areas, Central MK is considered a single zone. So the issue with this is that permits cover the whole area. That means that someone living on one side of the city centre and working at the other can use the same permit to park at home and at work. Of course, workers from outside have to pay to park. Residents are also issued with 50 visitor passes or scratch cards and these are designed so that residents can invite family or friends around without being hit by large parking fees. But the council fears this situation is over-generous. Oh, over-generous, over yeah. of course, yeah, because it costs them money. Not least because officers have recently discovered residents selling visitor passes on the internet. Oh, let people make a couple of quid, for goodness sakes. What are the council going to do about this, the old fusspot? Well, they're putting forward a number of new proposals at a council meeting, and this was last week. Now, these proposals included um, creating new zones within central Milton Keynes so that residents could only use parking spaces with their delegated um, block and scrapping these visitor passes. Oh, yeah, I know what. Let's scrap the visitor passes so some people who are landlocked within Milton Keynes can't have friends and family come to visit them. That's nice, isn't it? But at the meeting, these plans were roundly condemned and rejected, including um, by the transport portfolio holder John Bint. Um, residents claim the plans would have prevented them having friends and family around to visit, as you rightly say, and they're angry that officers didn't consult them before bringing the issue to council and believe a lot of time and money could have been saved if they had done. Now, protests have been led by leaders of Central Housing and Eton Muse Residents Association. They admit the system currently is far from perfect, particularly the idea of uh, selling these visitor passes on online but they would like to see the council take more action against those selling their passes rather than just punishing everybody by scrapping the scheme completely oh dear. what happens next well it looks like it's back to the drawing board milton Keynes council says it recognizes that the current scheme is very popular and residents are asking for a chance to be involved in any further discussions on this before it reaches council again lorna hankin thank you very much indeed we'll be hearing from the chairman of the central housing residents association
station in Milton Keynes, as well as one of the local councillors in the next hour. Now, this is specifically Milton Keynes. This could happen anywhere, OK? So what do you think about this? Residents get 50 free passes to hand out to their friends and family. There is talk of those being scrapped. Do you think that's a good idea? Is 50 too generous? In the great scheme of things, it can't be costing the council millions of pounds. Yes, some of the residents might be selling them on to make a few quid, but again, they're not, well, they're not going to be making a killing, are they? It's not the, the most corrupt thing that could possibly be, uh, be happening... What do you think? Oh eight four five nine four double five 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 double five. Do you think it's right that the uh, councillors are considering scrapping these passes? Do you think it's outrageous that people are selling on these passes? What do you think the council just needs to get a grip? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. When it comes to fraud, that's hardly the biggest fraud in the world. Well, speaking of fraud, Leslie uh, is in Luton. Good morning, Leslie. Hello, good morning. Good morning. I saw you on, um, was it Sky? I was on Sky Television yesterday, bright and early. Yeah. Do, yeah. Uh, oh, do, I, do I look like you imagined I would look? No, 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 no. I've, I've, I've checked you out on the web before. Oh. And, and I saw your picture. And uh, did, that ex- did that excite you? Was it exciting? I don't think it excited me. Oh. Am I a good, on a scale of one to ten, Leslie, mm. what would you give me? I'll give you a 10, because you, 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 you're good. That's why I tune into you every, every morning. God, may God bless you, Leslie. You've called in about uh, a, a fraud. What's, what, what's your take on this? No, what it is, about, over a year ago, I've got a Muslim friend, and he, he's got a um, Sephira MTV. He's got, he's he got says, a what? He's got a, a nice TV, did you say? No, Sephira. Sephira M- TV. MTV. Beautiful. MTV, a family car. Yep. And he said, he said Les, um, um, I went to insure my car and it cost over a thousand pounds. Yeah. And I, when I questioned why, you were told by an insurance company that Luton, the Bear Park area is the most fraud area in, in Luton. And that's why Luton um, car owner have to pay so much for the insurance because I've got an MPV myself, uh, yeah. uh, Renault. And, um, mm. and it, when I first insured my Renault, it was about 400 quid. Yeah. No, my relative is eleven hundred pounds. Yeah, oh blimey! Right, blimey! He just jumped in. Have that. you had lots of? Had you had lots of accidents, Leslie? Made lots of claims? No, I had one accident in the past. Um, um, three and a half years. Uh, and uh, uh, have you been caught speeding? No, I don't speed. I've never had a speeding ticket. Wow! Because, I, I, because there's no point speeding to pay these people no, this exactly. money. So right. you, the, the, the the reason that your friends, uh, your Muslim friends, in, I'm not sure why that's relevant, but the reason why his insurance was so high is because that Luton is a, 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 an insurance fraud hotspot. Well, that's what he told me. Yeah. Oh dear. That, 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 what that can was... we do, Leslie? There's nothing we can do, though, is there? Well, um, it's, it's nothing we can do. The only thing we can do. It's sort of if we know and if we can, it's sort of exposed, you know, but will 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 whoever we exposed to, will they take any notice? Well, this, Leslie, like always. Yes, listen, thank you. I, 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 well, the insurance companies never seem to take notice. My insurance, at one point, dear listener, was £1,800 per year. Uh, this was for me driving a six-year-old polo. The reason it's so expensive, I may have had a couple of points in my license, I may have had a couple of accidents in my time, but the reason uh, is because of my job. Because I, you know, work in radio and TV, 
You can't you can't look online if you're a radio presenter. You you click in the box radio presenter. Oh, could you call this number? And basically, they they think I'm going to be driving around Burt Reynolds or Paul McCartney or Pat Sharp or somebody or Tony Blackburn, who's on the station today, by the way. They think I'm going to have one of these. And if I have, if you have an accident in your car and Tony Blackburn or Paul McCartney get whiplash, the insurance company is going to have to pay out mega bucks. Imagine if a Paul McCartney world tour is cancelled because of a car accident that took place in my car. They'll have to pay out mega bucks. So at one point, my car insurance was eighteen hundred pounds. Can you believe that? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We used to play a game amongst my friends called Car Insurance Bingo, where we tried to get the highest possible quote. I once was quoted seven thousand pounds for a Vauxhall Corsa because I was twenty. Such is life. Dunstable Road in Toddington, the A5120. You've got electricity work at Bradford Way for the next couple of days. They're going to be doing it through to the end of the week, so expect things to slow down a little past there. Through Bradwell, Dansteed Way is closed. This is bridge maintenance work between Grafton Street at the Rooksley Roundabout and Great Monk Street. If you're making your way down toward the M25, it is starting to slow as you come into the roadworks past Junction 25 for Chesant and Enfield. Things looking clear, though, on the rest of the M25 and no other motorway delays that I can see on the cameras this morning. Trains have been running well so far today as well, with no delays on the departure boards. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. It's coming up to 6.30. Let's get the latest news and sport now with Catherine Boyle. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. A 65-year-old man arrested on suspicion of manslaughter following a violent altercation in a Biggleswade car park has been released on bail. Paul Gascoigne is due before Stevenage magistrates later, charged with common assault and being drunk and disorderly. And Luton and Hatfield have been named as fraud hotspots, coming second and third after Slough in a list of outer London areas released by fraud prevention service CFAS. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's start with Ian's favourite, cricket. England's cricketers can retain the ashes today should they avoid defeat to Australia on the final day of the third test at Old Trafford. The tourists have a lead of 331 runs after closing day four on 172 for seven in their second innings. With rain expected to affect proceedings, Alistair Cook's side knows a draw would be enough to see them hold on to the ashes urn, having won the first two tests of the five-match series. Watford begin their championship season with a 1-0 away win to uh, at Birmingham, courtesy of a first-half goal from Troy Deeney. Gianfranco Zola's hoping his side's positive start to the season will lead to success at Bristol Rovers tomorrow. I would love to see a little bit more progression towards the towards the goal because sometimes we were getting too com- too confident and too happy to just keep the ball over there. I would like to be things more progressive, but it will come on the, once the, the condition is better. In League One, MK Don started their campaign with a goalless draw at Shrewsbury. Manager Carl Robinson is focusing on tomorrow's game at Northampton. That's a very strong first game of the season. Very strong. Once it was great, thought the draw was fair. Um, and it was something we have to move on and, and build on. It's important that we keep doing the right things in between now and, yet and, and the next few games. And like I said, we've got a very, very small squad and we have to pick ourselves up and go again. 
Also in League One, Stevenage lost their first match 4-3 at home to Oldham. Graham Wesley's looking ahead to tomorrow's game at Ipswich. It's our job to make sure we're better on Tuesday than we were today and our job to make sure that we're better on uh, Saturday next week than we were today. So um, that's the, the job of work, is to keep getting better and get this team to the level, which we will. And finally in the second division, Wickham Wanderers started with a 1-0 win at home to Morecambe. Paris Cowan Hall scored that goal. And that's your latest news in sports. I'll be back with more at 7 o'clock. I'm so excited and I just can't hide. I'm about to lose control and I think I like it, I like it, I'm so excited, I just can't hide it, what you do, I'm about to lose control and I think I want you, I want you, don't know the rest of the words. So, I'm very excited, Catherine. Yeah. Do you know why? Um... Here comes Doctor Who and the Daleks Transformers Robots in disguise They call him Stingray 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 No, I'm very, very excited Like a 12-year-old child waking With too many sweets With too many sweets on Christmas morn Being given a brand new Doctor Who toy Oh, that's really good well done you have you guessed why i'm excited though not a clue call 08459 455 555 bbc three counties radio i'll tell you why i'm excited in a bit and i think my good friend and radio bud JD, Justin Dealey, is as excited as I am. Looking forward to having a little bit of a geeky bonding moment with JD. After this, Lady Antibes, uh, the singer. Picture perfect memories scattered all around the floor. Reaching for the phone because I can't fight it anymore. And I wonder if I ever cross your
morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455555. A couple of calls about fraud already. Very expensive here. We're a fraud hotspot. That's what to be proud of, isn't it? Oh, no, I've just looked. It isn't. Are you ex... Oh, for goodness sakes. Are you excited by the announcement of the new Doctor Who? I am. After not being a Doctor Who fan for a a few years, I didn't watch any of uh, the Matt Smith ones. I watched the first one, and I thought he was silly. Well, his replacement was announced last night on a live episode on BBC One. If you don't know, want to know who it is, close your ears now, because I'm about to say Peter Capaldi. Oh, sorry. The Twelfth Doctor, a hero for a whole new generation. It's... Very exciting. I'll tell you why it's exciting, because he's older, he's more mature, and he might swear. These fans are definitely delighted with the choice. I think it's going to be a very good choice, to be honest. Oh. Older Doctor, uh, had two younger ones, so it's a good contrast, so a complete fresh look. I'm really thrilled. I think he's going to bring a bit of gravitas and style and gravitas. class into the Doctor, so I'm really happy about that. Just imagine, though, if there was really a 55-year-old man that had a small box and he invited young women into it. Wouldn't go down so well, would it? Anyway, I'm teasing. I'm very excited, and I'm sure my good friend Justin Deal is excited. Well, morning, morning, Justin. Oh, yeah. you got the music and everything. Oh, well I've got done. the music. I'm trying to feel excited. Listen to those weirdos. Huh? He'll bring some gravitas. What on earth are they talking about, they Ian? They talking, Justin. The fact that for the first time in a long time, a more mature doctor has been employed. The second oldest doctor of all time, Peter Capaldi, Great. the fantastic actor, mm. is going to breathe life into this role. Ah, no, he's not. Now, if you you said to me, Jim Capaldi, 1975, Love Hurts, now you're talking, but Peter Capaldi, who is this guy? He's um, the, the guy from In the Thick of It. Oh. He's a, have you not seen In the Thick of It? No. He's brilliant, he goes around swearing, effing and jeffing, he's very funny, he's also played some dramatic roles. His, here is a fact for you, Justin. Hmm. Peter Capaldi, you're going to like this, Peter, Peter Capaldi is in the uh, latest Brad Pitt film, World, World War Z, the zombie movie. He sounds terrible. I He's know. been in a zombie film and he swears on a TV programme. Do you know the name of the character that Peter Capaldi played in that film, World War Z? I've got no idea. He was a World Health Organisation doctor. Right. He was a who... Doctor, now ah. switch him around. Now he's Doctor. Isn't that funny? It, it, I tell you what, it's clever. It's very clever. But the BBC, like they should stop wasting their money on this rubbish what? and go and sign up Coronation Street. That's what they need. Coronation Street on the BBC instead of Doctor Who. Nobody cares here. Nobody cares apart from a few lunatics. I I think you are wrong on this, Dealey. No. I think a lot of people do care. You reckon? Oh, I reckon so, my friend, yes. Well, I've been out this morning, and I've been trying to find people as excited as you. I don't think you're going to enjoy this. Uh, This is what happened, Ian. Wes, Peter Capaldi. You can hardly contain your excitement, can you? Who? You know Peter Capaldi? I don't know who you're talking about. No idea. Mike, good morning to you, sir. You well? Yeah, I'm fine, you? Fantastic, yeah, very well indeed, thank you. Peter Capaldi, you must be excited. Who? Good morning, madam, what's your name? Joanna. Joanna. Peter Capaldi, what an absolute legend. You must be very excited. I don't know. You don't? No. That's cheating. You're not a Doctor (laughs) Who fan? No. What TV do you like? Um, Neighbours, Home and Away? Friends. (laughs) Chris, it's a bit brisk out here today, but um, Peter Capaldi, you must be waking up this morning with a big smile on your face. What's that? Say again. Peter Capaldi. 
Who's that? The laces doctor who? Didn't even know about it. Do you know who he is? No. Morning, sir. It's Monday morning. You must be lifted by the news about Peter Capaldi. About? Peter Capaldi. I know. That's cheating. He's the latest Doctor Who. It was announced last night. So you must be waking up this morning full of the joys. No. You not a big fan of Peter Capaldi? No. Do you know who he is? No. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Appreciate Thank you. it. Right. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you very much. With the greatest of respect, Justin. Yep. A couple of those people, are, I suspect that that's cheating. Why? Well, because I don't think a Polish lady uh, is going to be, and, and this is no disrespect to the Poles. Mm-hmm. I, I, already I can feel the hot water bubbling around my feet. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, enough trouble it is, is, is at the moment. I don't think a Polish lady is going to be washing in the thick of it. Well, she likes friends. Next. I think I know what you do sometimes. You go out oh, there. Oh yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You go out there and you you pick people who look like they won't agree with what I'm saying. Well, I'll tell you what then. Yes. Th- there is a man walking down the street right now. Let's see if we can flag him across and flag do this live across. on the radio. Sir, good morning. Can you pop across for a second for us? I'll be ten seconds with you. Right, he's going to come across now. Okay. He's got some very, very big gloves on. Oh, he could I'm be slightly good. concerned who about f- this. Who fans like gloves? Right. Okay. Good morning, sir. You're live across beds, arts and mugs. So, what's your name? Mr. Reeve. Mr. Reeve, your first name? Kenneth. Kenneth. Peter Capaldi. Are you excited about Peter Capaldi? Who's that, please? Never. Never heard of him? No. No. Okay. Thank you very much indeed for your no. time. Have a good day. No. You, sir. There you go. Now so that was thing, live. No, you're wrong. No, Justin, you missed it. The thing Mr. Reeve said was, who is that? Uh, yeah, because Doctor, he doesn't know Do- who he is. No, because Doctor Who is that? Listen, Do- from my extensive research this morning, nobody knows who he is and nobody cares. Yes, you may get a few Doctor Who fans that are very excited. The ones that have probably got their, uh, their clothes at home with all the badges and things on. They've got the bed sheets with Doctor Who on. Yes, they're going to be excited because, quite simply, they're crazy people. People, but normal people on the street don't really care. They're certainly not excited. I believe you wanted to plug your show today. Uh, yeah, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, this Saturday morning. So, 08459 Mr. Reeve got it spot on there. Who is that? Doctor Who is that? He was saying? I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited. I haven't been excited about a Doctor Who announcement for a long time. This has got my uh, I- imagination, my juices are fired up for this. Managed to get that sentence to work just. Turn it round right at the end. Are you excited? 08459 455 555. We don't normally indulge in geeky chat. Well, producer Tyra is away. Producer Lorna, I can manipulate like a piece of plasticine. We can talk about what the hell we want. If you want to celebrate and embrace the fact that we have the second oldest doctor... You know William Hartnell, when he played Doctor Who, he was only 55 or something, wasn't he? He looked like an old man, but he wasn't that old. It's like Clive Dunn. When Clive Dunn played Grandad uh, on the TV series Grandad and also played the the old man on uh, Dad's Army, he was about 30. That was, that was a character he did. Imagine being a young man. Your, your only character is an old man. Isn't that ridiculous? Ridiculous. 08459 555. Today we embrace the inner geek. We celebrate the fact that the BBC have uh, once again made an excellent decision by employing one of the greatest actors this country has ever seen, Peter Capaldi. I say this country, I know he's Scottish. Peter Capaldi as Doctor Who. 08459 555. Right, let's get the travel. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things progressively slowing on the M25. Anti-clockwise is busy from Waltham Abbey to Enfield going into the roadworks. Slow again from the M1 to Kings Langley, junction 21 to 20. And then there's heavy traffic from Maple Cross to the M40, junction 17 to 16. Approaches to the M25 are looking okay. There are no delays yet along the M40 or the A41. Things are looking pretty clear on the M1 past Luton and past Milton Keynes. And no delays as yet on the A1 or A1M. If you're travelling further into London, though, the A1 through Boreham Wood is looking slow with heavy traffic down the Barnet Bypass from Stirling Corner toward Watford by, uh, Apex Corner at the Watford Bypass, the A41 junction. Things looking pretty good on the trains. No delays right now on the departure boards, and the tubes are running to time so far as well. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey up, Adam! Coming up to 6.46, Monday the 5th of August, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A 65-year-old man arrested on suspicion of manslaughter following a violent altercation in a Biggleswey car park has been released on bail. Paul Gascoigne is due before Stevenage magistrates later with a common uh, with common assault and being drunk and disorderly uh, as his charges. In sport, England's cricketers can retain the ashes today should they avoid defeat to Australia on the final day of the third test at Old Trafford. Coming up, we'll find out the latest on Bedford Hospital. But before that, let's get the uh, weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, if you're travelling to the west today, there are warnings in place for heavy rain, so do be on your guard. We're going to have a fair amount of it ourselves, so after a cloudy start, we have a feature bringing some rain. It should be fairly patchy to start off with, and uh, later on, though, becoming heavier, perhaps even thundery. Now, it's also going to become noticeably breezy as well. We've got uh, southerly winds, and we could have gusts of up to 45 miles per hour, probably uh, not necessarily in our patch, but certainly elsewhere, so really feeling quite windy. But we hold on to that warm air, so temperatures up to 23 or 24 degrees Celsius. Now tonight, that uh, rain moves off to the northeast, and we'll be left with a fresh, largely dry night with temperatures down to 13 or 14 degrees Celsius. It's a much brighter outlook for tomorrow, though. We should have plenty of sunny spells and just perhaps uh, some isolated showers in the afternoon. Temperatures up to the low 20s again. For the rest of the week, though, a mixture of sunshine and showers. That's your latest forecast. Call 
Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455555. A charity which has raised more than £7 million for Bedford Hospital over 25 years is suspending its appeal for the new children's A&E department. It follows the uncertainty over the future of paediatric services at the Trust, which last month it announced would no longer be providing overnight children's inpatient care and children's A&E. Well, Ray McKeating is behind a campaign to save all paediatric services there and has set up a Facebook page, Save Our Riverbank Ward. He joins me now. Uh, morning, Ray. Are you surprised by this decision by the Bedford Hospital charity? Um, morning, Ian. Uh, no, not really. I think uh, they were kind of pushed into making this decision. Uh, they, they couldn't really do anything else about it. 
it does say a lot, doesn't it, for such a well-respected charity as this to, to take such a big step. It, it, it does, you know, a lot of hard work and and, uh, and rallying around for that fundraising, specifically for the children's emergency unit, you know, a lot of hard work. So, yeah, I, th- I think it was inevitable that this would happen. Do we know what would happen to the money? The charity said they've got about £90,000 that's been set aside for the children's A&E uh, and it's being held separately. I suppose if, if, if the A&E doesn't kind of get reinstated, that money will probably have to go back. It, 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 exactly. They're, they're in a, a, a really tough predicament. Now, obviously, I think what everyone wants and, and the families and, and the campaign that I'm, I'm running at the moment, we want to see those uh, that new ch- children's emergency unit. But ultimately, if if they decide to, to close close down the services permanently, that they have to be in a position where they offer that money back to the people that, that put their hand in their pocket in the first place or at least give us the option to decide how that money's spent. You've been involved in giving feedback about the, uh, the, the services, the children's services at Bedford Hospital. What, 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 what have you been hearing? What, what, what's the latest? Yeah, well, uh, back, back in March, the, uh, I was invited in to talk uh, or to, to see the plans and, and do a, a user experience uh, test uh, on, on plans, and, and the plans were amazing. And uh, we were told that uh, they would go back and that work would be starting in July and it would be finished by December and it was one of my main concerns once they closed services temporarily the first one of the first questions was well, what about the children's emergency unit uh, and I hadn't heard anything for, from March when I saw the initial plans. Uh, are, are you optimistic th- th- about how things are going to turn out Ray? <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm all, I'm all, I always err more, more on the side of optimism. Uh, we, we see initial plans, the first initial plans we'll see in about three to four weeks, uh, and that will give us a good indication of uh, them putting their money where their mouth is. And if it really is temporarily, then, then we'll see some positive plans in three to four weeks. And I'll, I'll hold off till then, really. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just making sure I don't get too caught up in it. And, Ray, if uh, people want to join your Facebook campaign, what, what should they type in? What should they be looking for? Yeah, so we're, we're on Facebook, www.facebook.com, save our Riverbank Ward. Right, thank you very much. We'll speak to you again in the future, no doubt. Ray McKeating behind the campaign to save all paediatric services at Bedford Hospital. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, good news. The new Doctor Who is uh, Peter Capaldi. The new Nick Coffer is Tony Blackburn. You see, you see, he's regenerated into Tony Blackburn. He, Tony Blackburn's filling in. I think it's just four days this week. I don't know if it's all week. I, for some reason, I've got four days in my head. Uh, always a cracking listen. I will not have a bad word said against Tony Blackburn. A, he's brilliant. B, he's the nicest bloke in the world. Uh, I, I, when I um, stepped out of the uh, offices here at BBC Three Counties Radio on Friday, um, I was terrified to have a man shout my name in the car park. Flipping it, what's there? This is it. Someone's, it's going to be like the end of that talk radio film. I'm going to get done in here. It was only Blackburn. And if he tried to take me on, I could probably have him. Although I bet he's a bit tasty in a karate fight. Um, and he, bless him, he sat in his car. He got here really early. So he sat in his car. And we had a little chat because I've met him a few times. Had a very odd night at a Neil Diamond, uh, an audience with Neil Diamond, uh, hanging out with uh, John Sargent and Tony Blackburn. Lovely. Uh, so we chatted to Tony Blackburn, and uh, he, again, he was about 20 minutes early. He went and sat back in his car. Oh, he's brilliant. He's a nice bloke, and it's, uh, it's great. He's uh, going to be here for a few days. 
James Wales coming in to fill in for um, uh, Roberto as well at some point next week, I think. Which is, uh, what's going on here? What's going on here with James Whale, Tony Blackburn, Legends of Radio? The Times, Peter Capaldi is the new Doctor Who. Thousands stop tweeting, but sexist threats go on. Oh, for God's sakes. This was this Twitter silence yesterday. I wish Twitter had been silent yesterday. I wouldn't have got all the abuse I got. Boy, oh boy. You talk about abuse. I was getting the C-bomb left, right and centre on Twitter yesterday. All because I had a row with a bloke on telly. That's all. The television classicist Mary Beard abandoned her plan to join a day of silent protest at abusive messages sent to women on Twitter yesterday after she was threatened with rape. Can I just say, right, and this is awful what these women are having thrown at them on Twitter, rape threats and bomb threats, awful. But the press is making it seem, A, like it's a new thing, it's not, and B, that it's only women who get this abuse. They don't. Men get it as well. Two years ago, I was threatened with being killed and my little boy being sexually abused. Yeah, I know. And when I went to the police and Twitter, they did zilch. Twitter said, oh, no, they're not breaking any rules. Excuse me? So, just, you know, more voters confident economy is recovering. The Daily Telegraph. Meet the new spin doctor. You see what they've done there? Very, very clever. Hospitals should adopt a bargain hunt mentality, says Health Minister. Hospitals should take inspiration from the television programme Bargain Hunt when buying medical supplies. And a crop of cannabis plants was found growing in flower pots put out by a city centre. I'm sorry, guys, it's not here. It's in Wales. Sorry to disappoint. We'll have a look at the rest of the papers a bit later on in the show if we get the time. But right now, let's get the latest uh, travel with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cheers, Ian. We're not doing too badly this morning. Everything looking good on the cameras on the M40. No real delays yet. Everything going into and out of London well. And no trouble past High Wycombe or Stokenchurch. The M25 is looking quite slow, though. Patches of traffic anti-clockwise for the main part. First off, slow going into the roadworks from Waltham Abbey to Enfield, junction 26 to 25 past the A10 and toward Potter's Bar. Then slow again from the M1 round to Kings Langley and the A41. And heavy traffic from Maple Cross through to the M40. And there's also queues starting to form as you come through Boreham Wood, southbound on the A1, the Barnet Bypass, from Stirling Corner toward Apex Corner and the junction with the A41 around there. Trains and the departure boards revealing no late runners as of yet. And the tubes to and from London seem to be on time and on schedule as well. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Ever been a victim of fraud? Well, I'm afraid if you're listening to this, the chances are you're living in a fraud hotspot. What's happened to you? 08459 455 555. Here's Catherine Ball. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, the headlines. Parking space attacked, suspect bailed. Paul Gascoigne due in court. And Luton and Hatfield named fraud hotspots. BBC Three Counties Radio. A 65-year-old man arrested on suspicion of manslaughter following a violent altercation in a Biggleswade car park has been released on bail. A 64-year-old man from Sandy died in hospital yesterday after being attacked outside Asda on Saturday afternoon. It's thought the two men were fighting over a disabled parking space. 
A man who conned elderly people in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire out of thousands of pounds by pretending to be a police officer has been jailed for four years. One of Wakas Ahmed's victims was a woman in her 90s from Watford. She lost £28,000, as Carol Abercrombie reports. St Albans Crown Court heard that the 24-year-old from London conned his victims by telling them he was a local police officer investigating fraud on their account. He told them to withdraw money and to keep it safe they should give it to a colleague who called at their home. Luton and Hatfield have been named as fraud hotspots. That's according to the latest figures from the UK's fraud prevention service, CIFAS. Serena Farrow has more. Luton and Hatfield have the second and third biggest number of confirmed frauds outside the capital. CIFAS says this may be because crooks are operating within the area or criminal gangs are working through a spreadsheet and it's these areas' turn. It adds that it doesn't mean people in the area are more gullible than elsewhere, but it's a good idea to promote more caution when sharing information online. A charity which has been raising money for Bedford Hospital for more than 25 years is suspending its appeal for a new children's A&E department. Last month, the hospital announced it was temporarily diverting most of its paediatric services to Milton Keynes and the L&D. Fundraisers say they'll resume their efforts once the future of paediatric services at Bedford is decided. There's evidence to suggest that far more workers are employed on so-called zero-hours contracts than official estimates show. Here's our business correspondent, Joe Lynham. Only last week, the Office for National Statistics said that there were a quarter of a million people working on a zero-hours basis, meaning that they can be officially counted as employed, but have no guaranteed paid work and could be sent home from their workplace without warning and without having earned anything. But a survey of 1,000 employers by the CIPD suggests that one in five companies employ at least one person on a zero-hours contract. And it puts the national total at a million people, four times the official estimate and just under three and a half percent of the entire workforce. The founder of EasyJet, Sestelios Hadjiwanu, says he's launching a new low-cost food business to challenge supermarkets like Aldi and Lidl. Sestelios, who, by the way, was born in Athens to Greek Cypriot parents but is a British citizen, Ian, is planning to open a pilot site in Croydon with a view to rolling the stores out nationwide next year. In sport, England's cricketers can retain the ashes today should they avoid defeat to Australia on the final day of the third test at Old Trafford. And they'll have to do it in between rain. Outbreaks of occasionally heavy rain and a top temperature of 23 degrees Celsius that's 73 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show this morning. As always, keen to get your thoughts on some of these, including talking fraud as Hatfield and Luton are fraud hotspots, apparently. Well, have you been a victim of fraud? Are you finding that your insurance, your house insurance, your car insurance, your your contents is going up, and yet you haven't done anything wrong? Also, parking in Milton Keynes. Uh Uh-oh, what's happening there? Come on, we've stop being so miserable. We should all be genuinely excited by the new Doctor Who. I know there was a local fella in the running, but he wouldn't have been any good. Peter Capaldi is perfect. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
ever been a victim of fraud? Even if it's not affected you directly, you may have been affected by having your insurance policies put up. Or Luton and Hatfield have been named as fraud hotspots for people having their identities stolen. That's according to the latest figures from the UK's fraud prevention service, CIFAS. Well, Aaron Nicholas from Hatfield was a victim of fraud. He's on the line now. Morning, Aaron. What, what happened to you? Hi, Ian. I had um, 12 mobile phone contracts and four phone insurance policies all taken out in my name with just my name, address and date of birth, no bank details or anything. When did you realise that, that something dodgy was going on? Uh, first of all, it was just one letter turned up from uh, a mobile phone company saying that thanks for taking out a new phone insurance, there are a new phone with us, and then the following day an insurance policy. I just thought something didn't seem quite right there because I hadn't taken anything out. And then the following day to that, I think I had five more, and the day after that was another four. Oh, blimey. So what, mm. what did you do, Aaron? Did you call up the phone companies and say, hang on a second, what's all this? Yeah, straight away. I rung them up and you're on the phone endlessly to, to call centres for each and every one, trying to explain what's happening. I had that a while ago. I had someone set up a, a, a mobile phone using my details, and it takes ages to get it cancelled. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, how do you? How did they get your details? You know, uh, absolutely no idea. As soon as it comes through, you start thinking to yourself, "How have they got the details? Or what have I done that someone might have taken them?" But I just can't think of anything. We shred all the documents. I don't do anything particularly careless with it. Was your did, has it affected you since then, Aaron? Has it affected your credit rating or anything like that? Yeah, there's still marks all on the credit rating from it. It's all there's nothing else on there that I've actually done myself that's caused me a problem. It's just all to do with these phone, phone, and phone insurance policies. And how do you get your credit rating changed or, or, or downgraded? Um, well. As, as far as I know, because the, the bills aren't being paid, it goes against my name. Even though the phone companies are aware that they're fraudulent accounts, they still register it against me rather than the, the fraudster. So I'm still waiting on... Um, well, I have to keep on at the phone companies, just keep on going and going with them and making sure they take the marks off. But it's quite a long-winded process and I haven't got there yet. What advice would you give, Aaron, to anybody who thinks they may be a victim of fraud? Uh, well, you, you've definitely got to report it straight away. As soon as you notice something suspicious, get straight on to the companies and to, to the police in action fraud, and hopefully they'll do as much as they can. Well, they seem a bit powerless, I think, in situations like this. Uh, Aaron Nicholas from Hatfield, victim of fraud. What about you, dear listener? Have you been a victim of fraud yourself? 08459 455555. Some texts uh, about Doctor Who and Gypsies. Both of them travellers that just park up anywhere they want, seemingly causing trouble wherever they go. I'm exaggerating. Barry says, I'm very disappointed that as there's never been a Lady Doctor Who, I was hoping David David Williams would have been nominated. There's an anonymous uh, text. I'm not going to read it out. I only read texts if um, uh, your name's on it. Uh, and we've been re- reporting that travellers set up camp in Manor Road in Luton. They said they would move on shortly. But Davis texting to say the travellers didn't go to Essex, as promised. They went to Leegrove Park in Luton instead. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Joe's in Letchworth. Morning, Joe. Hello, Ian. How are you? I'm fine. Before we get on to fraud, Peter Capaldi. Who? What? When? Just stop on who? <laughs> See, it's funny that everyone said who, so they must they must know something. They know they're all saying who. Exactly. Are you excited? I am, but I don't know who he is. Have you never seen the thick of it? 
I don't have time for TV, mate, to be honest. The only thing I do make time for is, is, is Doctor Who and a few other bits. So, um, oh, Justin, he, doesn't, he's, Justin doesn't know what he's talking about. He, he is good. And I've not really... I've, the thick of it, in the thick of it, is one of those programmes I've, I've seen bits of. I should have watched more. He's brilliant. He's a brilliant actor. And he's a bit older. He's got a bit of weight, a bit of gravitas. A bit of what? You've called in about fraud, Joe. <laughs> 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 um, yes. Um, someone took out a Wonga loan in my name. Um, and the thing is, it wasn't even my proper name. So, and when I rang up the fr- the, the fraud, the, the police, and said, "Look, I think uh, someone's used my name," and they gave me this, this national helpline number. And basically, they went, "Oh, we, we we get thousands of these every day, thousands." And I was like, "You're kidding me!" Anyway, that um, cut a long story short. The best thing I did was uh, take out that uh, credit Experian thirty-day free trial. Because then you can see every single little thing that comes on your account. So if what, anyone what, does what, anything, what is this? I don't know what this credit experiencing is. What is this? It's um, basically it's like a credit uh, checking service, right. and every single thing that you apply for, then the records are held for about eight nine years. So everything yeah. that you, you you've ever applied for, or oh. anything that's ever been taken out in your name, is on this uh, on this credit uh, check thing. Yeah. So you can take out a 30-day free trial, or then I don't know if it's 15 quid after. And the best thing I did was carry on using it, because as soon as mine, as your name crops up anywhere yeah. for any application, it'll, it will automatically highlight, and then you can stop it there and then. Because oh. the fellow that you had a minute ago was um, obviously had issues, didn't he? Well, yeah, so you had many issues. But so, so you've, you've got the this service now. Have you spotted your name cropping up fraudulently then, Joe? No, but I've, my name has popped up on on Company's House website, oh. um, which I knew about. But again, any time anyone makes any application for anything, your name will, will crop up. And is it tied in with your address? Because th- th- there might be a few Joes in, Le- Joes in Letchworths. There's only one Joe, mate, and I, there's only one Ian Lee, so it's... Uh, yeah. It's based on, on, on certain details, on date of birth, name, uh, your financial association. So if you've been associated with someone in the past, yeah. that will log, log on to you as well. So if someone that you have previously was married to, Ian, did oh, something naughty sorry. financially, yes. that would still go against you if you di- unless you disassociate yourself with that person. I've, I've tried to disassociate myself with my ex-wife. <laughs> it's never happened. Hang on a second. I haven't got an ex-wife yet. Joe... Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We can have a look at the rest of the newspapers. Papers. Newspapers. More than one million workers now on zero hours. Um, stay-at-home carers will get childcare vouchers. Ministers hope to assuage. Assuage? Is that how you say it? Assuage. No, don't think you say it like that, Kelly Betts. Uh, critics of the government's plan for childcare vouchers by extending the one... Oh, I'm bored of that already. Peter Capaldi is the new Doctor Who. The Independent... A good day to be a city cyclist. Bikes rule the streets. London was closed down at the weekend. Thank goodness we don't live in London. It was closed down because of bikes. Bikes, bikes, bikes. Cycles. On, on Saturday it was closed down. All the sort of big, I think an eight and a half square mile area was closed down so people could cycle everywhere. And then yesterday there was a hundred mile bicycle race. What? Why would anybody want to do a 100 mile bicycle race? Big lie behind the bedroom tax, continues the Independent. 96% of benefit claimants who will be penalised cannot be rehoused. Here we go. This is by Emily Duggan. The government's justification for its controversial, in inverted commas, bedroom tax has been debunked by new figures showing that up to 96% of those affected have, in effect, nowhere to move. 
The figures published today in The Independent expose the false argument behind ministerial attempts to spin the move as ending the spare room subsidy and confirm campaigners' claims it merely penalises poor people. We've talked about this a lot. And lots of people have said, oh, I'd, I'd like to move. Actually, I wouldn't like to move, but I, I, if I could, I would. There's nowhere for me to move to. The policy means that tenants have their housing benefit reduced, yet more than 19 out of 20 families hit by the bedroom tax are trapped in their larger homes because there is nowhere smaller within the local social housing stock to take them. We kind of thought that was going to be the problem. As we've looked at this, it it would appear there isn't enough um, space for people. Uh, The Daily Express, blood pressure breakthrough. Skin patch could save millions of lives every year. Do you know what? I thought I was having a heart attack on Saturday. I genuinely thought... No, no, don't laugh. Don't laugh. I genuinely thought I was having a heart attack on Saturday night. I did a little bit of TV. It got a little bit heated. I had an argument with a gentleman, a proper argument with a gentleman. I got very angry. And then I sat there as the, the show continued. And I felt this amazing pain in my chest, started in my chest and went all around my body. It was incredible. It was this, this really heavy throbbing like that. Really heavy. And I was sitting there thinking, I think I'm having a heart. I'm going to, if this gets 5% worse, I'm either going to fall on the floor or I'm going to have to say, excuse me, can we, can we stop this, please? I thought I was going to pass out. It was terrifying. I'm only 40. Does that sound like a heart attack to anyone? Or is that, does that just sound me being a bit of a wuss? I really thought I was, oh God, awful. Daily Mail. Um, another insult to stay-at-home mothers. As working couples on up to £300,000 of promised childcare cash, Osborne delivers another insult to stay-at-home mothers. Plans to give childcare... The Sun, Doctor Who, Peter Capaldi, exclusive investigation, men down. The army is dangerously undermanned and may be seriously weakened for future conflicts, as Sun investigation has revealed. Savage defence cuts and catastrophic, a catastrophic fall in recruits I mean almost the army's, all the army's 36 infantry b- battalions are below strength. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or give me a call, 08459 455555. Coming up to 7.15, let's get the latest travel now. Here's Adam Glynn. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Toddington and Dunstable Road, the A5120. It's electricity work starting today around Bradford Way and it'll run through until the end of the week. M25, anti-clockwise, very slow from the M11 toward Enfield at Junction 25, the start of the roadworks section. It's also then slow after the roadworks from the M1 to Kings Langley and from Maple Cross to the M40. Other motorways are looking fine this morning, no delays as yet on the M1 cameras. The A1, though, is busy toward London. Southbound, as you go from Apex Corner to Mill Hill Circus, there's a fair bit of heavy traffic starting to build. Trains and tubes have been looking excellent, still no delays on the departure boards. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven sixteen or thereabouts, Monday the uh, 5th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man from Sandy has died after being attacked at uh, the cause of a row over a parking space in Biggleswade. The 65-year-old man has been released on bail. A con man who posed as policeman to trick pensioners in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire out of thousands of pounds has been jailed for four years. 
In sport, England's cricketers can retain the Ashes today should they avoid defeat against Australia on the final day of the third test at Old Trafford. Coming up, we'll talk more about the parking situation in Milton Keynes. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, hello there, lovely listener. D-Love here again, back to share the love for digital radio. Let me paint a picture in your mind. You're sat under a tree in a field full of flowers, listening to the sweet sounds of BBC Three Counties Radio. Beautiful, isn't it? But it doesn't just have to live in your mind. It can be real, my friends. Because with digital radio, you can listen almost anywhere. On your smartphone, laptop, or tablet. Come on, friends, don't be shy. Get out there and help share the love. If you love radio, go digital. For more information on switching to digital radio and on coverage in your area, search online for BBC Digital Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. One of the things we're talking about is the parking situation in Milton Keynes. The latest problem surrounds issues with residents' parking permits. People in central Milton Keynes have been able to use their parking permits to not only park outside their home, but at work as well. And some residents have even been selling off day passes on the internet. Well, council officers came up with proposals to address the issue, but these were rejected last week. And Central Housing Residents Association Chairman Bob Stone says that was the right decision. Bob is the l- on the line now. Bob, how does the current system work? Good morning, Ian. Um, the current system works that um, residents that live in the flats in central Milton Keynes can apply to the council for a uh, full one-year permit for their own vehicle and a full one-year permit for a visitor's uh, vehicle. We're also allowed an allocation of daily scratch cards, uh, 50 in total for a year. Now, the new recommendations that the council put forward was to cap the residence passes to two for a year and to abolish completely the scratch card system. Well, unfortunately, uh, we live in an area that's got 262 properties, but we only have 79 residence bays. Now, if they do away with the scratch cards, we won't be able to issue one out to a a contractor, say British Telecom or British Gas, to come and do any work in the property. They would have to pay a premium rate parking. Uh, Also, we wouldn't be able to have family members come and visit us, uh, use our new play park, come round for a family gathering or a barbecue or anything like that. The council, I, I appreciate his abuse of the system, but the council haven't thought it through properly. The abuse of this system is that some people have uh, been selling their family parking permits. That, that's not fair or right, is it? No, that's right. And the council needs to tighten up and enforce this. Um, rather than um, residents being able to go in there and, oh, I've lost my permit or it's been stolen, and then being issued with another one, they should check the numbers on the passes. When the um, parking enforcement officers come round, they can take the number off of the permit and check it against the list of those that are stolen or uh, missing. But they don't do that. Is it right that residents can use a parking permit for their home to park at work while workers outside of central Milton Keynes have to pay? Well, I don't think that's quite right. What it is, we have a yellow R1 system for residents and a blue permit for employees of the central Milton Keynes. Now, although there are only 79 residents-only bays, we do have access to another 53 bays, which are called mixed-use bays. Now, residents can park in there, or business permit holders can park in there, 
or people can buy a ticket at the machine. So for 262 properties, and we've only got 79 residence bays, we've already got a problem with parking, as you can imagine. Why do you think the council uh, tried to make these changes, Bob? Was it to save money? What, what was the, their thought process behind it? I, I strongly believe that it was just an effort, again, to get more people to use the premium pay and display slots. And how would you resolve the situation? Well, what we would like to do is we would like to sit down with the council and discuss the various issues and ideas that we have for trying to help my residents with the parking issues. Unfortunately, the council came up with five recommendations without consulting with myself, the chair of the Residents Association, uh, without speaking to the chair of the neighbouring Residents Association or any of the businesses here in central Milton Keynes. They just came up with this and was going to push it through. Bob, thank you very much. Uh, Milton Keynes Central Housing Residents Association Chairman Bob Stones. Well, I'm joined now by Paul Williams. He's the councillor for Central Milton Keynes. He believes the officer's proposal should never have been allowed to get as far as they did. Why did you oppose, uh, oppose these proposals, Paul? Um, well, the the main issue really was that um, nobody had spoken to residents at all, um, all, all ward councillors or the parish council. Um, and I, I think it's important that people are consulted before these sorts of things are, are forced through. So did you did you agree with the proposals? Your only objection was that people hadn't been consulted? Um, well, I, I, think, I think all the options needed to be explored with the residents before getting to the point of a, of a delegated decision. Um, I, I don't think that... Um, uh, I, I don't think that there was joined up thinking at all, really. Um, I, I think the the, the, the council um, haven't really thought it through, and they, they need to be speaking to residents, speaking to businesses, looking at parking as a whole in Central Milton Keynes, rather than um, rather than focusing on on on, um, on on certain aspects of parking. Well, so what what would you like to see done then, Paul? Um, well, I'd like to see them sit down with the Residents Association with... Um, no, but what would you... The, I know you want them to talk to residents, but what would you like to yeah. see them do about parking? Um, well, I'd like to see... Well, the, the, the Labour group would like to see uh, uh, an overall review of parking. Yeah, and what would you like to see done in that review? What, what, what changes would you like to see made to solve the problems about the parking? Um, well, um, I'd... I'd, I'd um, um, I, I think there are... There are various options that, that could be explored. For example? Um, I think the important thing is to, to talk to the residents first and listen to, listen to the views of, of businesses and residents um, before coming to any rash decisions. Right, again I'll ask the question, what changes would you like to see to the parking system? You objected, objected to these ones, so what changes would you, as, as a councillor for Central Milton Keynes, what changes would you like to see made to the parking system? Um, well, I mean, for me, it, it, it's it's important that, um, that the businesses and, and the residents are, are, are the ones making the, the no. Uh, but the council, the council are the ones that make decisions, Paul. Yes, well, okay. So we've established that you want them to go and talk to the residents, but you rejected the uh, the, the changes that were proposed. So you must have uh, better ideas for what should be done. Um, I think the main issue is that the the council are looking uh, simply at revenue. Um, rather than actually um, having a joined-up approach um, with with transport. Um, 
So I think, um, what changes would you like to see done, Paul? I, I, I'm, I'm very confused. If you objected to the suggestions that were put forward, uh, uh, you, you're, you must have an idea of what you would like to see done, apart from them talking to residents. Um, well, I think the, um, the permit scheme needs to be looked at. I don't think it's... And what would you like to see done? Um, well, um, I'd like to see um, them reconsider the permit scheme and, and look at um, how um, how it can be done without um, inconveniencing residents. Um, looking at, um, I think it's incredibly unfair to ask residents to pay an extra three hundred and sixty pounds if they want um, if they want a permit on top of the, the two permits that are being offered. So, what um, would your I suggestion be to, to to change that situation? Keep things exactly as they are. Well, no, I think there needs to be stronger enforcement with the with the current parking rules. Okay. I think we've heard an example already. Um, we, obviously, there are cases of people selling permits on eBay, selling scratch cards on eBay, um, and that sort of thing isn't acceptable. And actually, the council needs to come down much harder on, on, on those people rather than punishing the residents of Fitzgerald Keynes as a whole. And how do, they, how do they stop people selling the permits? Well, they, they need to... Um, I mean, there are things they can do. Obviously, you can... You can link um, permits to, to individual um, residents. Um, you can also um, you can clamp down on, on those cases um, where you find residents are selling permits on the internet as well. Um, and I don't think the council have been doing enough with that. I think if if there was much stronger enforcement, um, then it would put off people um, from selling their permits online or, or wherever. They would know the consequences. And, well, how, I'm, I'm just. How do you enforce that? Well, uh, I mean, we've we've heard that the council have made clear that they've they've um, discovered residents who, who have tried to do this, um, but they haven't been very clear in, in how they've enforced and 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 the the penalties involved um, in in doing this. So, um, I think they need to be they need to be bolder. And they need to be um, very clear that, that this sort of thing isn't acceptable. It sounds like, Paul, that you haven't properly thought this through and you, you just voted against it just to throw a spanner in the works. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I, I think, I mean, for me, the main issue is that there are lots of problems with parking in Central Milton Keynes, not just with the residents' parking. Um, and it doesn't make sense to be... Um, to be um, looking at individual aspects of parking in Central Milton Keynes without looking at parking as a whole. Um, in Central Milton Keynes, I think it's um, um, Milton Keynes is, is 12th overall in, in terms of authorities that, that make money on, on parking. Um, OK, so you want to look at parking overall, Paul. What, what, what would your solution to, to the parking problem overall in Milton Keynes be? Well, <laughs> I think, I think um, there are issues with, with where certain bays are and looking at um, how to attract people um, to places like the market. There are example. certainly issues. So how do we resolve those issues, Paul? Well, uh, I, again, I go down to, <laughs> to sitting down with people and, and talking to the various businesses and residents because I think... Uh, I, I, I know you, you, well, that's I, delegating, I know you that's delegating responsibility saying, a bit, Paul. You're, you're, you're a councillor. You, you, if, you, if you are aware that there are problems with the parking is Milton Keynes, yeah. we all are, you must have considered other options, surely? Yes, but I mean, and what are those options you've considered? 
for, for me, the main issue is that people haven't been spoken to, right. people haven't been consulted, um, and if you don't speak to people, if you don't consult with them, then you will have a very confused parking policy because you, you will make mistakes. Yes. Um, we have had issues in, in residence areas like Petersfield Green, for example, in central Milton Keynes, where people have been unable to park near their homes because of um, developments elsewhere nearby where people are, are parking and, and, and going to, to local businesses and, and, and retail. So... The issue for me is if you don't actually talk to people, if you don't right. talk to residents, um, then you're going to have these mistakes happen um, that are going to cause um, problems to residents and local businesses. So I'm assuming you've, you've spoken to people then? I have, yes. And what, what have people told you that they would like done? Well, <laughs> Central Milton Keynes is, is quite a large area, so there are various yeah. different issues. OK, so well, well, give, give, give me one. What have, what have what the, the residents that you've spoken to, what have, what have they told you? Um, well, in, in Petersfield Green, for example, um, people want to be able to park near their home. Right. Um, it's also, also um, I'm, I'm sure the person you spoke to um, from the Residents Association um, also ha- has issues. So you, I mean, you've, consulted, you've consulted with people, that people want to park near yes. their homes, they've told you that, yes. Paul, so then what would your solution be? Well, I mean, there, there need to be, in some places, there need to be more residence bays, right. um, such as in, in uh, North Knights and 10th Street. Um, there needs to be, um, there needs to be um, a, a more kind of joined up approach in, in, in where the, the premium bays are, where the non-premium bays are. I think sort of attracting people into residential areas um, is not going to help the residents. Um, there needs to be sort of um, a, a kind of joined up approach in thinking about how people park and trying to avoid situations where large numbers of people are parking in residential areas and making it difficult for people to park near their own homes. Paul, we have to end it there. That's uh, Councillor for Central Milton Keynes, Paul Williams. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking a little slow on the A1 from Eaton Soken toward the Black Cat Roundabout, then a nice clear run past Sandy and Biggles Wade, and it slows again on the A1M as you go past Stevenage toward Nebworth. Things looking good, though, as you continue your run down toward London until you get to the A1 in Boreham Wood, in which case you've got a short delay. Apex Corner down toward Mill Hill Circus. Things looking clear on the M1, by and large, no problems at all so far. It's a little bit busy as you go past Luton and Dunstable, but not too bad at all. M25, plenty of traffic anti-clockwise. M11 to the A10 going into the roadworks, then from the M1 to Kings Langley, and from Maple Cross to the M40. M40 is looking slow northbound as traffic comes off the A40 and up to the M25. It's also looking quite busy round Enfield on the A10. Slow moving traffic southbound from Bullsmore Lane to Southbury Road. Trains to and from London and across the three counties running without problems and no tube delays. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. News and Sports, I'm Catherine Boyle. A man from Sandy has died after being attacked in the course of a row over a parking space in Biggleswade. A 65-year-old man has been released on bail. A con man's been jailed for four years after posing as a policeman to trick pensioners across Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire into handing over thousands of pounds. And Luton and Hatfield have been named as fraud hotspots by the UK's fraud prevention service, IFAS. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
England's cricketers could retain the Ashes today if they avoid defeat against Australia on the final day of the third test. Bad weather at Old Trafford is expected to aid England's chances of securing a draw. In Australia have a lead of 331 runs after closing day four on 172 for seven in their second innings. Manchester United remain keen to pursue the signing of Barcelona's Cesc Fabregas despite having two bids rejected already. His former manager at Arsenal, Arsene Wenger, says he's been told that Fabregas will, however, remain with the Catalan club for one more year. Watford began, uh, began their championship season with a 1-0 away win at Birmingham, courtesy of a first-half goal from Troy Deeney. Gianfranco Zola knows which areas need improvement ahead of the game against Bristol Rovers tomorrow. I would love to see a little bit more progression towards the towards the goal, because sometimes we were getting too, conf- too confident and too happy to just keep the ball over there. I would like to be things more progressive, but it will come on the, once the, the condition is better. In League One, MK Don started their campaign with a goalless draw at Shrewsbury. Here's how manager Carl Robinson saw it. That's a very strong first game of the season. Very strong. I wouldn't say it was great. thought the draw was fair. Um, and it was something we have to move on and, and build on. It's important that we keep doing the right things in between now and the, and, and the next few games. And Like I said, we've got a very, very small squad and we have to pick ourselves up and go again. And the MK Dons play Northampton tomorrow. Also in League One, Stevenage lost their four, first match 4-3 at home to Oldham. Graham Wesley is looking ahead to tomorrow's game. They're playing Ipswich. It's our job to make sure we're better on Tuesday than we were today and our job to make sure that we're better on uh, Saturday next week than we were today. So um, that's the, the job of work, is to keep getting better and get this team to the level, which we will. And in the second division, Wickham Wanderers started their season with a 1-0 win at home to Morecambe. Paris Cowan Hall scored that goal. And that's your latest news and sports. I'll be back with more at 8 o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. forget you can download the weekly best of podcast let me just tell you that pretty much the whole podcast is the first hour and a half of this show today there's been some cracking stuff some cracking stuff <clears throat> this morning we are talking uh, about fraud 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 uh, and doctor who oh wait four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call got some text as well <clears throat> how on earth do i say this first name how on earth do I say this first name? Eflin? Uh, no offence, I don't know how to say this. Lo- uh, producer Lorna, bring your microphone close to your mouth. How would you say, how would you say that first name there? Oh, hang up, whoever is on the phone, hang up on them. Emberton. No, not, not Tom Emberton. I've got Evelyn. Ev- Ev- no, oh, we can hear you saying you can't hear me. You silly sausage. Unfortunately, I haven't got the right headphones on, so I can't hear you, but I'm going to swap. Swap headphones. Look at that. Look, she's taking a call. That's how professional Oh, there she is. we go. Got it. Hi there. Wrong Who was on the phone there? Um, I can still hear them talking. Oh, can you hear them? Yeah, I can hear them through your little thing. Oh, sorry. That's okay. That's fine. Well, we'll come to you in a minute, sir. How would you say that first name? Which one? For the- E-I-B-H-I-L-I-N. Oh, ah, the Texa. Um, Take care. <laughs> How would you say that? Ebby Hillian. That's not a name. <laughs> Ebby Hillian. Kelly Betts, how would you... Do you oh, think, she can't hear me. Do you that. think, Kelly, no, come here, look over my shoulder. How would you say that name? 
<laughs> She'd cough. Thank you very much indeed. I don't, honestly, I'm not making light of it. I've never seen a name spelled. I'm guessing it's an Irish name. I can't pronounce Irish names. Boy, was I surprised when I saw the name Neve written down. Anyway, I'm, uh, maybe Evelyn. I'm going for Evelyn. Says there is a local connection to the new Doctor Who. Peter Capaldi's uncle Leo was a GP in Stopsey in the 1960s and early 70s. The family resemblance is uncanny. Matt uh, Maff in Hanslope says, well, seems that you got your way with more swearing on the telly. Peter Crapaldi is the new Doctor Who gives a... F- oh, no, come on. And on parking in Milton Keynes, Rob Tech's local council is going to apply to eBay to not allow the sale of the permits because it breaches eBay selling regulations if a national or local law is breached. 08459 555. Hey, if, uh, if you're listening to this, there's a chance... You're in a fraud hotspot. Luton and Hatfield have been named as, uh, well, two of the worst places in the country for fraud. Here's a fraud. Dennis in Dunstable. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Dennis. I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your business over the weekend. For God's sake, I hope you were checked by the doctor. Uh, well, thank you. Well, I, I, do you know, no, I wasn't. It was, for those of you just tuned in, I, I thought I was having a heart attack. It was so painful, and so I could feel every blood vessel travelling around my body. It lasted about three minutes, and then it subsided. And it was because I got angry. My blood pressure rose. It was incredible. Probably just blood pressure. It was incredible, though, Dennis. But then you, you regularly get angry, so if I... No, I don't! <laughs> you see what I did there? That was clever. I know you did. Thank you. But no, please, honestly, go and, go and be checked, Ian. Okay. Because I'd like talking to you. I don't want you to get too angry. No. And, but I like pulling your legs, so for God's sake, go and see the quack. Are you telling me, Dennis, you, you, don't, want me, you don't want me to die? No. Oh. I don't care, one oh. way or the other. Oh, but, OK, that's fair enough. But th- we don't want to do it on, on radio. Hey, Peter Capaldi. Yes, who? Exactly. No, it's all right. I know Peter Capaldi. Oh, is he a friend of yours? I don't know what programme, but I'm, as soon as I saw the face, yeah. I knew him straight away. He's a good-looking fella. Yes, that's right, yes. He's a good-looking fella. I think he'll do a cracking job as Doctor Who. Yes. Let's just hope they make the scripts a little bit more sensible and a bit darker for him. Well, it says it's an inter- he's an international figure, is Doctor Who, so, you know, he seems to be doing very well, considering how it started. Yes. And I, I saw the first programme. Oh, yes. With Hartnell in it. The first programme was, uh, 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 was a week aired a week later than planned. Do you yeah. know why? No, was it... Uh, Hartnell was hell, was he? No. Or he hadn't, he hadn't arrived, his time machine wasn't working properly. No, uh, 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 John Fitzpatrick Kennedy... Yes. ...had been Kick shot. Huh? He'd been shot, shot. in the head. Yeah, JFK right, yeah. had been shot, and so they delayed the broadcast by a week. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, fair enough. OK, it was fair enough, isn't it? You would, you would think they would do that. Dennis, what, what have you called in about? Not just to, to have a chit-chat. Trying to... People think, I suppose, uh, because I'm probably on an old, li- old person's list, yeah. I'm regularly called up by idiots trying to con me out of various things. I'm sorry about that. I will stop. But no, I no, it's not that. Right. I, I have various methods of doing it. I've never been, I must admit, I've never been caught out because I'm no. not that daft. No. But I, I, reg- I even had one from China. Where, where they say there was $2 million in my name in, oh. in China and uh, they would transport it to my name in a Hong Kong bank and so on. I actually checked up the Hong Kong banks and they were banks. Wow. Well, so anyway, that's beside the point. Yeah. I have two methods when people start with me. Okay. I, I'm very wary when I answer the phone. I don't answer it with a bright voice. I say, hello. And then they start, and I say, look... <laughs> Hang on, what voice is... What, what's, you, you, is that your oh, wrong no, voice? No, no, the voice I answer the phone when I'm not sure it is, I say, I say uh, he- hello. And then I either say to them, it's no use talking to me, I'm an undischarged bankrupt. 
right? Or I I go into my own, my old man's routine, saying, uh, 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 "Well, you, you, you'll, have, you'll have to speak 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 up." I'm very hard of hearing. Do do your old man's routine for us, Dennis? Yes, I'm doing. Oh, it. sorry, right, I couldn't so. notice any. Will you, will you stop difference. pulling my leg, please, Lee? Please stop pulling my leg because I'm a very old man, and and you'll have to speak up a lot. Can louder. you prete- pretend you've fallen over? Uh, no, 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 I don't need that. I, I do oh. that. I get them shrieking at the top of their voices. Yes. Then, and then I snatch, I get the Be phone. with you in a second, Justin. No, then I say to him, right, that I'm, that this is, this is the son. I've just taken the phone off my... Justin Dealey's coming up soon, don't worry. If I have any more of this, I shall report it to the police. Right. And then they're gone. Uh, okay. And regular, they, I regularly get these people ringing up from all, all sorts of... Just two minutes, Justin. Yeah, no worries. Sorry, mate, I, I thought this was going to... I didn't realise it was this Dennis in okay. no and that We will get there in a second, I promise. Okay. Okay, goodbye. You've got to put the phone down, Dennis. No, I've not put it down yet. I'm waiting for you to reply. I'm not going to. Oh, are you? Oh, dear. You're not going to sell me anything today, then? No. But just take notice. Go and see the quack. Okay, put the phone down. Bye-bye. <laughs> the way the phone goes down is wonderful. That was, he's got a proper. This is what I miss. You can't. You cannot hang up on uh, on a mobile phone. You, right, that's yeah. it. I'm hanging up. Beep, beep, beep. That one. Beep. Yes, with, a, with a proper phone, you get to put it down. One with a, not even a, 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 a handheld, you know, portable one. One of those phones, you get to slam it down. <laughs> that's what's wrong with this country. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Totally agree. By the way, the whole podcast, I've pretty much got it in front of me now. It's been a great show today. It's been a cr- well, yeah, I don't, I've enjoyed I, the banter. A, a lot of banter. A lot of banter. JD, uh, Doctor Who is what we're talking about uh, with with uh, you. Very yeah. exciting news. Uh, Matt Smith, who I was never a fan of, has uh, been replaced by Peter Capaldi. Wow. Dun, 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 Doctor Who. Here comes Doctor Who and the Daleks. I thought this was serious news, but you carry on. I'm very, very excited by it. Genuinely, I've become a 12-year-old boy again. You're, you, you, you were joking this morning when you said you weren't that excited, weren't you? No, not at all. Oh, And nuts. do you know what? Nobody cares. I've told you this in the first hour. We spoke to people. Nobody cares. Nobody even knows who Peter Capaldi is. All this big build-up from the BBC, typical, and then they name somebody that nobody has heard of. So, in the first hour, Ian, yeah. people were saying, who? Well, I've been out again in the last 30 minutes, okay. trying to find people who are as excited as you. Sadly, again, that hasn't happened. Oh. Uh, this is what happened, Ian. Peter Capaldi, please tell me you're excited about his appointment. Um, no, I don't know. No comment, I don't know. Oh. Is that it? He's the latest Doctor Who. Oh, OK. Yeah, I didn't know. No, I don't know who he is. <laughs> OK, <laughs> I just thought I'd ask the question. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Peter Capaldi, you must be excited. Who? Sir, Peter Capaldi. Don't know him. Peter Capaldi. I've never heard of him, mate. Good morning, sir. What's your name? Dave Cox. I'm going to put a random question to you, Dave. Peter Capaldi, you must be very, very excited. Oh, who's Peter Capaldi? Uh, who's, who's he, then? The new Doctor Who. Oh, right. No, I, I haven't... I haven't uh... Do you know who he is? Yes, yeah. yeah. What's he been in? Uh, I don't know, to be honest with you. To be honest. So you don't know who he is, then? No, not really, no. 
Now, Justin, I like Cox. He was good mm. at the end there. Yes. But but you you have deliberately picked nope. you have picked people nope. who you know will wind me up. Well, I want to hear the I'm outtakes do, from I'll that. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm live in Luton. Yeah. Now, those people, of course, I spoke to earlier, they were pre-recorded. So oh. just to prove to you that uh, I'm absolutely spot on with this one, I'm now going to walk up to somebody randomly again, okay. live on the radio. Yep. Good morning, madam. You're looking lovely today. What's your name? Winnie. Now, do you know who Peter Capaldi is? No. <laughs> there you go. There's another person. Right, shall I uh, randomly walk on top bus for you? pick someone who's not a century old called Winnie. Okay. So, what's your name? Good morning. You're live across Bed Arts and Bucks. Morning. Michael. Morning. Peter Capaldi. Do you know who he is? Um, the new Doctor Who. Yay! We've found somebody. Now, are you excited about Peter Capaldi becoming the next Doctor Who? Not really. I mean, good for him. I mean, he's a good actor, isn't he? Yeah. But you're not excited. You don't think he'd be a decent doctor. Yeah, I don't see why not. You don't seem very excited, though, in, in the nicest possible way. Well, it's only because I'm at work. That's yeah. all. I'm a bit, right. just a bit awkward. Yeah, well, it's a bit awkward. <laughs> awkward. <laughs> At least you know who he is. Okay. It was a bit awkward. There we go. Shall I ask somebody else I'll for ask, you? Ask one more, Justin. Okay, let's ask one more person here. People are trying to walk away from me. Yeah, I wonder okay. why. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pick. Look at him, look at him sourcing this someone. This man here. Yeah. Good morning, sir. Can I get your name? You're live across Bed Arts and Bugs. We don't speak good English. So. Right, okay. You won't do. Okay. <laughs> sir, good morning. What's your name? No, he's not heard of him either. Sorry, Ian. But uh, we found one person this morning who's had yeah. a piece of Capaldi and somebody who can't speak English. So there you go. Justin, listen, I was very rude to you earlier on. You've, you're plugging your show on Saturday. You do a fa- cracking show Saturday morning. You've got a superb guest on this week. Go on, you've got 30 seconds. Yeah, well, you played one of his tracks earlier on Chris Farr. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking slow on the M25 clockwise with heavy traffic going into the roadworks past the A1M. It's also looking slow anti-clockwise into the works with traffic tailing back into Essex. It's slow past Enfield and toward Potter's Bar. Slow moving as well as you continue round from the M1 to Kings Langley and from Chorleywood to the M40. So that queue is creeping back a little bit. The northbound M40, that's busy as people make their way from the A40 up to the M25. It's also looking a little bit slow coming down to the M25 as well, but certainly not as busy. The A1 into London looking slow round Edgware from Apex Corner toward Mill Hill Circus. Speed sensors showing a short delay as well as you come along the A1M near to Stevenage. And it's looking busy up at the Black Cat Roundabout with delays nearly back as far as St Neots now coming down to the roundabout there. If you're heading into London through Enfield, the A10 is slow moving from Bullsmore Lane to Southbury Road. And on the trains, 25-minute delays for First Capital Connect. This is Welling Garden City through to Moorgate and Hartford North through to Moorgate, as well as Letchworth Garden City. It's all because of a broken down train at Finsbury Park, causing delays to all of the trains into and out of Moorgate. No estimate for when service will resume as normal. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. 7.46, Monday the 5th of August, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man from Sandy has died after being attacked on the course of... Uh Attacked, hang on a second, I've read this wrong. A man from Sandy's died after being attacked. The cause of a row over parking space in Biggleswade. A 65-year-old man has been released on bail. A con man has been jailed for four years after posing as a policeman to trick pensioners in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire into handing over thousands of pounds. In sport, Manchester United remain keen to pursue the signing of Barcelona's Cesc Fabregas, despite having two bids rejected already. Coming up, we'll have the latest...
latest on Bedford Hospital, 08459 455555. But before that, let's get the weather. Here's Georgina Burnett. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. If you're travelling to the west at all, there are uh, warnings in place today for heavy rain. We're going to have a fair amount ourselves, but uh, a cloudy start. That rain will be fairly patchy in the morning, but come the afternoon, or certainly by the afternoon, it will be much heavier, perhaps even thundery. We're holding on to our warm air, though, so temperatures should reach 23 or 24 degrees Celsius today. It will become quite breezy, though, later on as well. We could have gusts of up to 45 miles per hour. There's southerly winds. Tonight, though, that rain leaves us to the northeast, and we'll have a fresh, largely dry night with temperatures down to 13 or 14 degrees. A much brighter outlook for tomorrow though it should be largely dry. We may just have some isolated showers in the afternoon but it should be some sunny spells as well. For the rest of the week we're looking at a mixture of sunshine and showers. That's your latest forecast. Thank you very much. Roberto Peroni, debating the local issues. Bill Rowe is uh, a guardian angel. He needs volunteers for his Luton chapter. This is not being a policeman. You can't do a policeman's job. It is giving safe passage to more vulnerable people. Roberto Peroni. A red kite has been rescued from a tree in Hertfordshire. There was a lost parrot in the three counties and I was ready to mobilise our best people. Forget snakes on a plane. This is snakes in Hertfordshire. Potentially 27 of them. Roberto Peroni. I love the animal stories. I do the animal stories. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. A charity which has raised more than seven million pounds for Bedford Hospital over twenty five years is suspending its appeal for the new children's A and E department. It follows the uncertainty over the future of paediatric services at the trust. Last month, it was announced it would no longer be providing overnight children's inpatient care and children's A and E. Well, vice chairman of the Bedford Hospital charity is Gordon Beden. He joins me now. Morning, Gordon. Why? Why are you suspending this appeal? Good morning, Ian. A number of our supporters have been asking what's happening to our appeal in the light of all the changes at the hospital, and we felt it was right to make a pause while the situation is evolving. So we've temporarily suspended our fundraising efforts. We haven't stopped. We've just suspended it while the situation clarifies. It's difficult enough fundraising in the present climate at the best of times without having a cloud hanging over the the service that we're supporting so that's why we've taken this decision do you know something that we don't go have you been given inside information have you have you got good reason to believe the children's a and e department won't go ahead no we believe that it will go ahead we certainly hope so um but it may change in its nature the current situation is that they're coping with minor injuries, such as stitching a wound or taking an x-ray. And that, if that is the persisting position, will mean that our plans will have to change to cope with that. But all these changes took place on August the 1st, and it's an evolving situation, and we just feel we want to pause while it all clarifies and we know where we are. We feel we owe that to our supporters. You've raised around £90,000 so far. What happens to that money if the A&E doesn't go ahead? We're holding that for the moment because we feel very hopeful that it is going to go ahead in some form. Maybe not quite the form that we'd envisaged at this moment. But 
we can only do that um, for the moment because there is such lack of clarity about the way forward. But if, for example, it doesn't go ahead and it's going to go ahead in some form or other, we shall have to think very carefully about how that money can be used to be to support the hospital. Do you have the facility to give that money back to people who've donated specifically for the children's A&E department? We have good records of who's donated, but we hope very much that our supporters will trust us, as they have done in all the time, 25 years, that have been, been working to support the hospital, and we would use the money to support the hospital in some other way. There will be some people who, who, who specifically donated for the children's A&E, though, would, wouldn't they? Would, would you object if they got it back in touch and said, can we have our money back, please? We wouldn't object to that, but we hope that they will trust us, and that's why we've taken this step, because of the uncertainty. Uh, and, and according to your website last week, I've been told that people could still donate to this appeal. Has that been taken down now? Yes, it has. Yes, yes. Our webmaster has, has changed that so that uh, it's, it's now reflecting the current situation. The charity must be very disappointed uh, in the present crisis facing paediatric services at Bedford Hospital. Yes, it is. We share the, the sadness which I think the whole community feels about the events leading to the present crisis. But uh, we continue to support the hospital and its wish to have a good, safe service and we will do our best to continue to support that aim. Well, listen, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, it's uh, um, uh, nice to talk to you, Vice Chairman of the Bedford Hospital Charity, Gordon Beden. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry, Kelly, Betsy, you're right. What's going on? I didn't throw a pen at you. I did throw a pen at you. Yeah, I did, actually. 08459 555 is the telephone number. We've got some texts here. 81333. Start your text 3CR. We would have some texts if I get this blooming computer to work. Ugh. Gordon used the word you don't hear very often there. Webmaster. No, you don't get the phrase webmaster anymore. I like that. I want to be a webmaster. Um, oh, Linny says on the text. Thank you, Linny. Sorry to hear you were poorly. She's done a colon, a dash, and an open bracket. If I turn my face, it it looks like a sad face. Do you think Justin made a wax effigy of you and stuck a pin in it because you took the pee out of his head? It's possible. I'm not not poorly. I just felt like I was having a heart attack. It lasted about three minutes. I did think I was going to fall over or have to... We were filming. I I, I very nearly said, can we stop filming, please? Uh, But my... uh, um, Yes, please, I do. Uh, my, uh, uh, was that, is that just high blood pressure? Should I be concerned? I could feel, it started in my chest. I knew it wasn't a heart attack when it kind of travelled to my stomach. I could feel every um, blood particle passing through my body. Every bit of it. It was incredible. What is that? I shouldn't be, well, it's not a heart attack, is it? Although my left hand feels, well, <laughs> it feels a little bit numb, but maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me being a little bit, you know, overcautious. I don't know. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five. I'm fine. I'm fine for goodness sakes. I'm not overweight. I'm young. I'm forty. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. And can we find some geeks? No, can we find some cool people out there like me who are excited at the prospect of Peter Capaldi being the new Doctor Who? For goodness sakes. 
Justin Dealey is, is, is dead against it. He doesn't know who Capaldi is. He doesn't like Doctor Who. I have gone off um, the longest-running um, uh, science fiction series recently with Matt Smith. But uh, I'm, I'm excited that there's someone a little bit more mature coming on. I'm looking forward to that. Should we have a quick look at the front pages of the newspapers? <clears throat> the Times, it's all Capaldi. Uh, Peter Capaldi. Thousands stop tweeting, but sexist threats go on. Some of Britain's most followed Twitter users joined the protest. There was a silent protest on Twitter. Oh, for goodness sakes, really. Get on. Get, get over it. Get over You know, none of the people abusing me yesterday were silent. <sighs> Deary me. Hashtag sack Ian Lee. Hashtag get rid of Ian Lee. Hashtag C word. Can you believe that? All I did was have an argument with a fellow who was in Big Brother. That's all. That's all. In the great scheme of things, I didn't kill a puppy live on TV. I saved that for when I got home and I drank its blood. So, the, the thing about Twitter, right? Okay, there, there are nasty people on Twitter. It's full of horrible, horrible, horrible nasty people. I have had some of the most hideous abuse you, you can get. What these women have had is, is, is awful. You block them. If it gets too much, you know what? Deactivate your Twitter account. Get off Twitter. It's not the most important thing in the world. Get off Twitter. Oh, but it's my right. If I get off Twitter, then the bullies have won. No, they haven't. They haven't won at all. It's just nonsense. An utter, utter nonsense. The uh, the front page of the Express says, Palace Row over Princess Kate. See page five. Let's go to page five and see what this is. Palace inquest after Wills names Kate as his princess. Prince William's description of Kate as a princess has sparked a royal inquiry into why palace officials have insisted for two years she is a duchess. Buckingham Palace is struggling to explain confusion over her status after William described her job as Princess of the United Kingdom on Prince George's certificate on Friday. It contradicted statements from the royal household when the couple were made Duke and Duchess of Cambridge on their wedding day in 2011. Well, this is literally a story about nothing. The Daily Express have made a story about nothing. There's a more important story above it. There's a picture of Catherine Jenkins showing a little bit of side boob. Prince William was back on parenting duties yesterday while his brother was having fun. There was no sign of of new father William on the second day of a polo tournament. On Saturday, William made his first public... I mean, really. Here's something. Page three of the Express. Most of us hate our jobs. We're too scared to quit. Now you tell me. Eight out of ten adults are unhappy in their work, but they're too scared to change jobs because they think they'll be worse off. Been there, done that. Almost seven out of ten admit they are uh, in their current career for the money and not the love of what they do. Hands up, hands up. This is a game we can play in the next hour. Hands up if you are in your current job for the money, not because it's what you want to do. Well, there's, there's three of us here and two of us have put our hands up. I'm not telling you what the question again is, Kelly Betts. Pay attention. Well, maybe we'll talk about that in the next hour. Are you in your job because of the money and not because it's what you want to do? Should we try it again? Hands up here, who's in there. Hands up, who's in their job now here because it's of the money and not what they want to do. Again, it's, it's two out of three. OK, fine, right. I was one of those people. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
First Capital Connect, 25-minute delays from Welling Garden City, Hartford North and Letchworth Garden City through to Moorgate. There's a broken down train at Finsbury Park causing delays. No estimate for when things will be back to normal. The A1 looking slow as you make your way from St Neots down toward the Black Cat roundabout. Heavy traffic on the A1M past Junction 7 at Stevenage. Then into London, the A1 looks slow through Edgware from Apex Corner to Mill Hill Circus. The A10 is slow through Chesant and then once you get past the M25, slow through Enfield. Also delays on the M25. Anti-clockwise back from Essex through into the roadworks. Then as you go from the M1 to Kings Langley and Chorleywood to the M40. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. We can put that as a question. Are you in your job for the money and not because it's what you want to do? Be honest. 08459 455 555. I know someone who is. Anyway, here's Catherine Boyle. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, the headlines. Man dies after Biggleswade parking row. Paul Gascoigne due to face Stevenage magistrates and Luton and Hatfield named fraud hotspots. BBC Three Counties Radio. A 65-year-old man arrested on suspicion of manslaughter following the death of a man in, after a row in a Bedfordshire car park has been released on bail. The 64-year-old man died yesterday after being assaulted outside the Asda store in Biggleswade on Saturday afternoon. It's thought the two men were arguing over a disabled parking space. Police are now appealing for witnesses. Paul Gascoigne is due before Stevenage magistrates today, charged with two counts of common assault and one of being drunk and disorderly. The 46-year-old ex-footballer was arrested following an incident at Stevenage railway station on the 4th of July. Luton and Hatfield have been named as fraud hotspots. According to the latest figures from the UK's fraud prevention service, CIFAS, the towns are in the top three places outside London where deception crimes are likely to occur. And Richard Hurley from CIFAS says that doesn't necessarily mean local people are always the victims. One is where criminals have targeted people. There's uh, criminal gangs operating within those areas. Or the figures might also represent just little pockets of activity where people have made, for example, inflated insurance claims or made claims for events that didn't happen or maybe uh, told a few uh, what might seem like white lies on an application form but actually legally count as fraud. A charity which has raised millions of pounds for Bedford Hospital over the last 25 years is now suspending its appeal for the new children's A&D department. Tony Fisher has the details. Last month, the hospital announced it would no longer be providing overnight children's inpatient care and children's A&E. The Bedford Hospital charity says it's so far raised about £90,000 to furnish and equip the new department. It now says it's suspended its appeal until the Trust has put in place a blueprint for a sustainable service for the children of Bedford. There's evidence to suggest that far more workers are employed under zero-hours contracts than official estimates show. A study by the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development has found that as many as one million people could be on the contracts, which offer no guaranteed work or pay from one week to the next. Ben Wilmot is from the organisation and says the contracts are not necessarily a bad thing. Benefits, if used right, are flexibility both for employers um, and for workers. And I think that's, that's the key thing, is, is understanding that if they are used appropriately, then they benefit both employers and workers. 
England's cricketers can retain the ashes today if they avoid defeat against Australia on the final day of the third test. Australia will resume this morning with a lead of 331 runs after closing day four on 172 for seven in their second innings. They'll have to do it in between outbreaks of occasionally heavy rain, though. Top temperature today, 23 degrees Celsius. That's 73 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a Monday. It's three minutes past eight. I'm kind of in holiday mode. I've got two weeks off. So, uh, two weeks off coming up. So, I'm kind of taking my foot off the gasoline pedal already. Shouldn't really. That's a bit naughty. Lots coming up in the last hour of the show before JVS at nine. Fraud. Turns out Hatfield and Luton are fraud hotspots. You've been affected by fraud? Fraud? Fraud. And are you excited by the new Doctor Who? I am. A little bit more than a man of my age should be. Peter Capaldi gives hope to the older gentleman. And with this story in the Express, most of us hate our jobs, but we're too scared to quit. Eight out of ten adults are unhappy in their work, but they're too scared to change jobs because they think they'll be worse off. Well, are you in your job just for the money? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Eight one three double three. start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Have you ever been a victim of fraud? Well, Luton and Hatfield have been named as fraud hotspots for uh, people having their identity stolen. That's according to the latest figures from the UK's Fraud Prevention Service, CIFAS. Well, Paul Wilson presents the BBC's Real Hustle programme, which looks at scams. He joins me now. Morning, Paul. Morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you very much. Uh, We just spoke to a gentleman about an hour ago, a guy called Aaron. He's had 12 mobile phone contracts taken out in his name. How are people doing this, and why are people doing this? Well, why are people doing it? They're doing it for the money, obviously, and it's just becoming, I think, tragically easy for these people to get all the information they need and um, unfortunately, there are, there are very few mechanisms in place to actually stop and protect the public when the public are constantly being required to give out the information that could then be diverted to doing something like taking out loans, taking out contracts, even taking out mortgages. If you think about it, how many times have you put your own information to um, a website? That information might be your address might be um, your telephone number, and it might be something a little bit more personal to you, like your national insurance number. We do it all the time, and we, we, we don't think about it anymore, do we? We don't question it. We don't question it. It becomes second nature. In fact, a lot of us probably have our computers set up to 
as soon as we actually type in our name and address, it fills in the rest of the information for mm. you. And if you just skip to the next page and haven't actually analyzed what information it's decided to put in there, uh, it becomes the norm. It becomes the everyday thing. And, you know, when you start thinking about uh, how often we give that information, that becomes terrifying. But there are other ways, too. Uh, dumper diving, which is going into your 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 bin physically do people still really do that i remember there was a big thing about five six years ago we should all shred all of our documents and we all we all go oh it's a great idea (laughs) hardly anybody did it do people still go through recycling bins and rubbish bins to get stuff well the sad fact is they really don't have to because you know they could go after your dumper they could try and hack you personally which of course you know there are many ways to do that there's phishing where they get you to go to a website that appears to be legitimate but is actually a setup um, they, they, they try and target you for specific information. But they really don't have to do that because all the effort it would take to get one set of information from you uh, could easily be put into taking millions of sets of information from a legitimate source. And that could be a company, a bank, um, could be a credit card company. But there have been so many cases in the last couple of years of information that has gone awry because hackers have managed to get access to huge databases of information and then sell that information on the deep net where people are buying, you know, your credit card details, my credit card details for pennies at a time and then being able to use that to make, you know, even if they only make two to three pounds ultimately from, you know, selling information on, they're doing that millions of times. So you could give your information to a legitimate source and then it could then be hacked and then sold on. And then you haven't done anything wrong at all. Paul, you just mentioned a phrase there that I've only uh, uh, heard for the first time a couple of weeks ago, the deep net. I've also heard it called the dark net. Mm -hmm. What is this thing? Well, basically, the internet that we all access is, is, is there for everybody. But if you understand how to access a deeper level, and it's basically, you know... It's, if you imagine the London Underground, if there was another underground underneath that, but you needed a whole set of keys to get into that, wow. and under there was all the stolen merchandise in London, that's kind of what it's like. Wow, that's terrifying. Well, it is terrifying. It's terrifying for them, too, because, you know, somebody actually ripped them off as well recently for a great deal of money. And so, you know, we're talking about a black market that is global but is accessible from any computer if you really know what you're doing. How long would it take you, Paul, to, to create a false identity and, and, and use it to your benefit? Well, to create a false identity that would fool anybody, that would take a while. To, to make a false identity that would fool 99.9% of people, very little time indeed. A, a couple of emails and I would have everything I need. Wow. Uh, recently in Luton, we had a, a, a case of a man who masqueraded as a police officer to con people out of thousands of pounds. Th- there are so many different cons, and they they just get more and more sophisticated. As soon as people learn about one con or fraud, mm-hmm. the, 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 the fraudsters are always a couple of steps ahead of us, aren't they? They are. Uh, you know, I would argue that, you know, the method is very much like give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Really learning how to identify cons by their nature rather than by the actual facts. As in, you know, I've seen that on TV, therefore I know that's a con. Or I, I recognize what's going on here, the way this guy's pressuring me, the way he's making me do something that doesn't seem quite right. I should question it here. It's very, very difficult for people to do that, and especially if someone says they're the police. And, you know, I would argue that that's one of the most heinous crimes we have because, 
you know, a trust for authority is hugely important in society. And I think that if people are willing to say, you know, I'm a police officer, therefore you should give me the keys to your car, which happens all over the world, that's the kind of thing that I think should be more punishable than almost, you know, apart from going into crimes like murder and, you know, you know, personal crimes are very serious like that. It certainly should be very highly punishable because we should trust somebody who is willing to say they're a police officer. And I think that, you know, we have to kind of, as the people, we have to ride this fine line of, of A, having respect for authority and, and all of us playing the game so that we can all, you know, enjoy the benefits of a civilized society. But at the same time, questioning things at the right time and asking the right questions. You know, police officer, I would probably say, listen, I'm very, very sorry, but I don't really know if you're really a police officer. I'm just going to phone the local police station. That's enough to put a lot of people That takes a lot of guts, though, Paul, to do that. It does, and you know what? If I was a police officer and I really needed something done, I probably wouldn't react to that very well. But I don't blame the the victim. Yeah. You know, blame the guy that, that... that created that doubt and make sure that that doubt is completely wiped out. So, you know, we could talk about that for a long time, but basically with identity theft, do take precautions, but also just keep checking your accounts. Yeah, and, you know, we now thing, have online it? banking. Use it. Use it on a daily basis. Yeah. Check every month. Look every day. Paul, thank you very much. Always nice to talk to you. Paul Wilson uh, presents the uh, BBC's Real Hustle programme. Well, if you've been a victim of fraud, do let me know. 08459 455 555. How did they get you? Did you suddenly find yourself getting some bills? I um, came back from holiday years ago. I thought, I'll just check how much I spent uh, on... We went to Japan. I'll just check online how much I've spent in, um, in Japan. It's like It was about £4,000 more than I expected. I thought, flipping heck... I got the exchange rate completely wrong. What an idiot. And then I went back the next day and looked at it and thought, hang on a second, I didn't, I didn't spend any of this money. You have to be so careful. He makes a good point there, doesn't he, Paul, about checking your online bank statements as often as you can. Do give us a call. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> Naughty, naughty, naughty. Um, Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who is an old man. Old man, he's 55. Well done, Peter Capaldi. Um, Lots of you are very excited about this on Facebook. Let's go to some of the comments. Mark Roberts says, who gives... Oh, no, no, please. That's No, that's not good. Jenny says, I would get excited if A, I cared, and B, I knew who Peter Capaldi is. Right, Okay. Mark says, I'm afraid I don't know who Peter Capaldi is. Probably me not having a telly. Okay. Ah, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Peter Capaldi will be great. It needs to move on after the tenure of the youngest doctor. We love reinventing the character, and I'm sure Peter will do a grand job. After all, he was born to play the iconic character. Um, um, I've had, uh, Lisa says, watch the thick of it if you don't know who he is. It's great, says uh, Gerda. And, oh, Barry. Oh, dear. L- listen, it can't be a lady Doctor Who, because then that would... Well, he's a Time Lord, right? He's not a Time Lady. You can't have a lady as Doctor Who. Doesn't work. All of these nonsense idiots say, oh, yeah, no, it should be uh, it should be a lady. Yeah, you know, it's not fair, it's not a lady. Well, hang on a minute. It, James Bond ain't a lady. You're going to have him as a woman next. You can't. He's called James. Doesn't work. 
It's not, it's not questions of equality or sexism. It's a question of common sense. He is a time lord. Let's get the facts, shall we? The facts are he is a time lord. There may be time ladies. There aren't because all of the time lords have been destroyed. I know, as has Gallifrey. But that to one side, he is a time lord. He cannot regenerate into a time lady. That is a complete and utter nonsense. And anybody who suggests otherwise is an idiot. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, he's not there yet. We'll wait. No rush. No rush. We'll wait. This is my music. We don't get to listen to this music very often. We'll wait. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry that, about what, what, what were you doing? Oh, one or two? I'm not going to lie. Uh, three. Okay. Oh, what's a three? Anyway, carry on. Addition. Addition. First Capital Connect, 25-minute delays, Welling Garden City to Moorgate, as well as from Moorgate through to Hartford North and Letchworth Garden City. It's a broken down train at Finsbury Park, causing the delays. Looking at the roads, we're not faring too badly. It is slow, though, on the M25 as you go into the roadworks anti-clockwise. And then as you continue round from the M1 to the M40, junction 21 to 16, it's pretty stop-start through that whole section now. You've also got delays on the A1 at the Black Cat roundabout, slow on the A1M past Stevenage, and slow on the A1 into London around Apex Corner. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. It's Monday the 5th of August, I mean Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A 65-year-old man arrested on suspicion of manslaughter after a violent altercation in a Bedfordshire car park has been released on bail. Paul Gascoigne is due before Stevenage magistrates today, charged with two counts of common assault and one of being drunk and disorderly. In sport, continuing rain at Old Trafford looks set to help England's cricketers to the draw they need to retain the ashes. Huzzah! Coming up, parking in central Milton Keynes, the stuff of nightmares. Hear more after this. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine, the JVS Show. You just can't carry on with life. It, I mean, it's just awful. With the biggest opinions. It's about time somebody or an organisation has stood up and basically smelt the coffee. Well, yeah, it depends on the individual, actually. Let's pollute the planet even more. We should pollute it so much your Pinot Gris show goes rotten. And the biggest local talking points. What we really need to do is for everyone in, in the country to reduce their energy consumption, not increase it. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine. BBC Three Counties Radio. Boom! Yakashan. (laughs) J V indeed. The S. Yes. Nice to see you. Looking at my shoulder, why? What's on there? No, I like your shirt. I like it. It's a nice shirt. I like a checked shirt. Yes, and I'm not wearing jeans. I'm wearing grey corduroys. Ooh, corduroys in this weather. I well, yes. I would like to be able to get rid of all of my jeans, but what would I wear? What would I wear? The jean has become... The jean used to be the working man's clothes. Mm. And now it, it, it's, it's uniform for everybody who thinks they're nonconformist. <laughs> Isn't it just? Really? What else could you wear? What have you got on? I've got a very smart Stay Crease Action Slack. Oh, look at those. See, I couldn't... Are they what used to be called... Oh, he's modelling it for me. Are they what used to be called... What's that in your pocket? What? My keys. The other pocket. <laughs> are they what used to be called chinos? 
I do believe. I don't. Do believe. Are they chinos? I think I'm wearing chinos. Chinos. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they, uh, they went out of fashion, didn't they? No, so I'm. Just, I, don't, I don't really know a lot about clothes. <laughs> They, you right. know, no. Well, they may well have gone out of fashion, but but I'm bringing them back in my own way. <laughs> you have a nice weekend. I had a very nice weekend, actually. I went to Dunstable Downs oh, yesterday. Fantastic, beautiful. Are you ever yep. taking the kids up Dunstable Downs? No, you love it. I bet they would. They would. So many kites yesterday. Birds or f- no, no actual oh, kites. I, lo- I love all of that stuff. People being pulled all over the place by kites. Oh, yes. Nice. Sadly, I made the mistake of, uh, I thought, I'm going to go down to the bottom of Dunstable Downs and yeah. then walk back up. Ah. Never try that. No. no. Never try it. Exhausting? I've never known anything like it. <laughs> I felt like I was trying to climb Everest. Did you have appropriate footwear on? That makes the difference. Uh, well, I, yes, I, I didn't have my leather soles on yesterday. Okay. I think that would have been disastrous. That would have been a nightmare, yes. um, But it's ever st- literally like this. Yes. At one point, I was on my hands and knees. I thought, God, I hope no one sees me. Well, you were crawling up. I was crawling up. I, well, I was tired. <laughs> what? It's really steep. How excited are you, Peter Capaldi? Peter Capaldi, I know. It's exciting, isn't it? Well, I've never watched a Doctor Who, nor but, have I had the slightest interest to. But? But? But what? You... You're uh, suggesting I might now? I think you should, yeah. Give Capaldi a go. No, I watched him in that other programme. What was it called? The Thick Yellow Line or something? What was it called? And his... Oh, mouth on him like a navvy. He's very pot. He's, he's very potty. The character is very potty. Yes. I'm hoping he brings some of that to the TARDIS. <laughs> you flipping no. Daleks. <laughs> you. No, stop there. Come flipping on. Flipping Cybermen. Go yes. on, flip off. Hopefully he won't. No, that would be inappropriate. I understand it's very popular with children, that programme. And swearing. So, seemingly <laughs> so, yes. What's on your show this morning? Coming yes. up on the show, I, I think you might like this yesterday, because I heard you yes. talking about this a little bit last week, yep. and I was engaged in what you were saying. Oh. Um, I'm asking on the big phone-in this morning, do you care if the failing shops on your high street are turned into homes? Have oh. you heard about this? The planning minister, Nick Bowles, is expected to tell local councils they can turn shops into homes as more and more people have stopped using their high streets to shop in. A consultation paper due out this week will suggest councils across England should concentrate their efforts on revitalising shopping to just one or two prime streets. Mm -hmm. So in effect, all of our high streets will shrink. We won't have the number of shops because those shops will be turned into houses or flats. Well, is that a good idea? Will you care if your high street becomes half the size it is at the moment? Mm. Your views on the big phone in this morning from nine. You were saying last week i know you said look accept it they are dying they are dead they're going the high street is dead and it's uh, well, no it's not even sad it's evolution it's the evolution of of way things are and that's that's how it goes we are of a certain age jvs where we used to go on a saturday we go with our mums into town we do the week shopping get some clothes get some bits and pieces and that was well that's what we certainly did mm. but younger people now people in their their sort of 20s and younger that's not how they function they don't all right it's saturday let's go into the high street well that's not how they function they either go to a big out of town 
centre, or they'll do it all online, because it's cheaper and it's convenient and it's easier. And I wonder whether, actually, you talk of evolution, but I wonder whether we're going full circle, because I was reading... Somebody sent me a very interesting book on Harpenden, because oh. I'm a, you know, Harpenden born and bred. Yes. Really. So I was reading this book, and it was talking all about Harpenden through the, through the years, and you look back at some of the old photos, yep. and Harpenden, what is now Harpenden High Street, used to be largely, you know, loads of houses, little cottages in amongst the shops. Yep. And, of course, it was only when the the increase in commercialism took place that I presume developers thought, oh, hang on a minute, we could actually make more money by having shops there rather than houses. So yep. presumably people were encouraged to move out and they sold their properties and they turned them into, into shops. Well, perhaps we are just going full circle and perhaps it doesn't really matter that we'll have people living back in the high street. Yep. Your views on the big phone in. Do you care if the failing shops on your high street turned into, uh, turned into shops? This morning from nine... Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. You can give a score. You can send us a text as well. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Parking in central Milton Keynes can be the stuff of nightmares. Well, people in central Milton Keynes have been able to use their parking permits to not only park outside the home, but also at work as well in some cases. And some residents have even been selling off day passes on the internet. Council officers came up with proposals to address the issue, but these were rejected last week. Milton Keynes Council's transport portfolio holder, John Bint, joins me now. Good morning, John. Good what morning, are, What are the problems with the current parking permit system in central Milton Keynes? I think you've already mentioned one of those, which is the fact that some people are entitled to get access to permits that they don't need, and then they're selling them uh, eBay and such like, which is a complete abuse of the system. I think the other problem that uh, is, is not ideal is the fact that if you live in one particular road, your, your parking permit entitles you to park anywhere in CMK, and therefore everybody else is entitled them to park anywhere, including the spaces near your home. So you come home after work and you find that other people from all over CMK are parked in the spaces that, that, that are near and therefore make sense to one's own home and therefore you have to go and park somewhere kind of in a totally different area so um so less than ideal but 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 still it's it's incredibly popular so there are there are problems with the current system what were the 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 main proposals that were voted down um at this meeting then um there were there were two pieces of it one of which was to um to kind of subdivide the zoning a bit so instead of the whole of CMK being considered as one area for residence parking perm- purposes. Uh, the proposal was to break them up into little smaller zones. So uh, anybody living in one of those zones would, would, would have um, less people competing with them for the spaces right outside their home. So kind of that, that seems like a good idea. Um, the other piece of the proposal was that was that in addition to to the to the zone and the use of that that that, that residents would would not get access to scratch cards that would work um, across the whole of the area. So so kind of it's got it's got its upsides and, and, and downsides. Um, and 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 on balance was was uh, um, my view was that it wasn't something that should go mm. forward. The zonal system sounds like it, it, it might be uh, sensible, but it is this issue, isn't it, of, of the... Uh, is it 50 scratch cards that people get a year for friends, uh, family uh, and workmen? How do you police that, John? How do you stop people from selling those on? Um, 
I don't know of a good answer. I, I, I guess you I guess you simply make sure that people get a sensible allocation for their needs. And and frankly, if they swap a couple with a with a, with with a next door neighbour for a bottle of wine, then because they've got a party and you haven't this year or this week, then then kind of at a very low level, I don't think anybody would mind about it. Mm. But when it's when it's on eBay and it's 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 big numbers, um, people are taking the Mickey. How much? How much do these things go for? I, j- I just had a look, and I couldn't see any on there at the moment. Um, a, a an all day parking permit is kind of the order of pound a day, so it's hundreds of pounds if you're selling um, like a space for a year. Well, what's the solution then, John? Because th- these proposals have been uh, uh, rejected. What happens next? I think the town council and the ward councillors and the and, and the council officers really, really, ideally need to, to talk together about what are the what are the the strengths of the current system, what are the problems that everybody agrees are problems, and and see if we can find a way forward that uh, that tries to solve some of the problems without producing a solution that's worse than the status quo. We need to find a way of going forward, and it needs to have all the expertise of the, of the people with local knowledge. John, thank you very much. Milton Keynes uh, counts. I'm going to sneeze. That's why I'm... Hang on a second. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This Sorry. is Ian Lee. BBC <laughs> Three Counties How Radio. How rude, John. I apologise. Uh, Milton Keynes, Council's Portfolio Holder for Transport. John Bint, I apologise that I ended that with a sneeze. That was completely inappropriate. Uh, Marion Hemel says, Doctor Who is past his sell-by date. Uh, and Barry says, I agree, you can't have a time lady, but David Walliams could be the doctor, a man dressed up as a lady. Leave it, Barry! Leave it well alone, for goodness sakes! Do get, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. We've got 30 minutes. Can we get a call on this? Most of us hate our jobs, this is in the Express, but we are too scared to quit. Eight out of ten adults are unhappy in their work, but they're too scared to change jobs because they think they will be worse off. Almost seven out of ten admit they are in their current career for the money and not the love of what they do. I flip and flop between it. I very nearly, about five years ago, I very nearly gave all of this nonsense up to become a primary school teacher. I went for the meetings. I spent a day in a primary school. I was yay close to signing up for it. Then I got offered a really well-paid job really well-paid job and i thought man that money i flick between um uh, uh, absolutely loving what i do and my lifestyle and loathing it i know i mean i'm loving it at the moment well after this weekend maybe not so much but i flip and flop over half say they have skills or hobbies outside the workplace which they want to exploit in fact 63 percent of workers feel so depressed at their current career choice that they look on in envy at family and friends who seemingly have productive and rewarding jobs 66% 66% admit they feel trapped in their current career by the money they earn. What do you think? Be honest. Are you one of these people? Are you one of these seven out of ten admitting you are in your current career for the money and not love of what you do? Do you love your job? I guess is the question. Do you love or loathe your job? 08459 455 555. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Coming up to 8.30, let's get the travel now with Adam. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 25-minute delays for First Capital Connect into and out of Moorgate this morning after a train broke down at Finsbury Park. 
that's causing delays on the lines to and from Welling Garden City, Hartford North and Letchworth Garden City. The A1, it's busy as you come to the Black Cat roundabout, looking slow back as far as Eaton Soken and tailing back off towards St Neots. The A1M is southbound, looking pretty busy as you go past Stevenage at Junction 7. And then as you come in toward the M25, you've got two distinct patches of traffic anti-clockwise. Firstly, it's stop-start from back at the M11 through to Enfield and the start of the roadworks, the narrow lanes and the 50 mile an hour restriction. And it's a bit busy on toward Potter's Bar. Anti-clockwise also slow from the M1 to the M40. Clockwise starting to look busy into the roadworks as well from London Coney at Junction 22 toward Potter's Bar at Junction 24. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.13 News and Sport now. Here's Catherine. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. A 65-year-old man who was arrested on suspicion of manslaughter following a violent altercation in a Bedfordshire car park has been released on bail. Paul Gascoigne's due before Stevenage magistrates today, charged with two counts of common assault and one of being drunk and disorderly. And Luton and Hatfield have been named as fraud hotspots in the latest set of figures from the UK's fraud prevention service, CIFAS. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Continuing rain at Old Trafford looks set to help England's cricketers draw, to get the draw they need to retain the Ashes. Australia will resume on the final day of the third test with a lead of 331 and two wickets left of their second innings. Manchester United remain keen to pursue the signing of Barcelona's Cesc Fabregas despite having two bids rejected already. His former manager at Arsenal, Arsene Wenger, says he's been told the midfielder will, however, remain with the Catalan club. Watford begin, began their championship season with a 1-0 away win at Birmingham courtesy of a first-half goal from Troy Deeney. Gianfranco Zola knows which areas need improvement ahead of tomorrow's game against Bristol Rovers. I would love to see a little bit more progression towards the, towards the goal because sometimes we were getting too, conf, too confident and too happy to just keep the ball over there. I would like to be things more progressive, but it will come on the, once the, the condition is better. In League One, MK Don started their season with a goalless draw at Shrewsbury. Here's how manager Carl Robinson saw it. That's a very strong first game of the season. Very strong. I wouldn't say it was great, but the draw was fair. Um, and it was something we have to move on and, and build on. It's important that we keep doing the right things in between now and the, and, and the next few games. And like I said, we've got a very, very small squad and we have to pick ourselves up and go again. And MK Dons play Northampton tomorrow. Also in League One, Stevenage lost their first match 4-3 at home to Oldham. Graham Wesley's looking ahead to tomorrow's game at Ipswich, though. It's our job to make sure we're better on Tuesday than we were today and our job to make sure that we're better on uh, Saturday next week than we were today. So um, that's the, the job of work, is to keep getting better and get this team to the level, which we will. And finally, in the second division, Wickham Wanderers started with a 1-0 win at home to Morecambe. Paris Cowan Hall scored that goal. And that's your latest news in sports. I'll be back with more at 9 o'clock. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm surprised that uh, JVS has gone with his subjects about high streets and not gone with Are You Happy With The New Doctor Who? I really thought that could have been a cracking first hour. Instead, he's asking um, about uh, high streets and should we um, convert some shops into houses and flats? Anyway... That's his choice. If he doesn't want a Sony this year, well then, so be it. Um, We're talking in the next 30 minutes about Doctor Who and about are you happy with the job you're in? But before that, uh, let's talk about this. The shop steward for workers made redundant from Milton Keynes company Railcare says the way workers found out last Friday that they were to lose their jobs was a disgrace. 
One of the workers being laid off includes a man who is currently in a coma who won't find out the news until he comes out of it. Railcare repairs and maintains trains and has been connected to Wolverton for 175 years. 118 workers were made redundant on Friday after the company was placed into administration. There are now fears there could be further redundancies announced this week. Well, Unite Senior Shop Steward Tom Emerton spoke with our political reporter Paul Scoynes. The process they went through, they said it's business needs, customer driven and it's what the, the administrators need. The redundancies would be announced before the early shift left work and the day shift left work. There was an announcement at quarter to two, a gathering of men in the lifting shop. They were gathered as a mass where they were told by the administrators that if your name was read out, would you please leave the mass and make your way down to the other end of the lifting shop where you will be assisted with form filling and given any information you need to go forward. So virtually saying if your name's called out, you're out of a job. It was diabolical the way they selected and told everybody. It, it was so inhumane. I mean, people have worked there all their life. They've been loyal and dedicated. And another disgusting thing is one member of staff who is currently in an induced coma after a horrific motorcycle accident has also been selected to be made redundant. And they have no idea about what's happened to no, them? No, they have no idea. They even got so shambolic that they read out a person's name and there was two people of the same name and the same skill on that list and they didn't even have a clock number on that list to work to. It, it was shambolic and it was so humane and callous. One uh, person who's been made redundant told me it was like they were putting the names on a dartboard and throwing darts at them. Well, the, like I say, we couldn't get a, a selection criteria. All we got was it's business needs, customer-driven and what the administrators want. It, it was... It was a done deal as far as I'm concerned it, this was how it's going to go we delayed them a little bit by trying to get a last minute deal done through the government Vince Cable that deal didn't come forward there was no other method of securing the payment and I must add that nobody has still been paid for over a month now and the blokes are desperate I mean you say it's what the administrators want but I mean the head of maintenance has gone several other people who've been working here since they were apprentices have gone I mean where's the skills base going to go can this place still function without people of that kind of calibre of experience not at this present level that's what we're saying you're going to have to recruit people to meet the current well the prospective workload that's coming because the handful that are left won't be able to cope so where you intend because we've asked for those people that have been well made redundant is there a possibility that they will have like I say preferential uh, treatment to come in you know be reinstated and they, they couldn't make any promises on that joined on the line now sorry wrong fader there by uh, Paul Scoynes Paul seems a bit harsh doesn't it yeah, rather. I mean, the way that these uh, workers have found out last week, Ian, it does seem uh, on the rather sort of undiplomatic uh, way of, of doing it, really. It does seem that the, certainly from what the workers were telling me yesterday, was, was that, that, you know, they found it very hurtful. Um, they were very un, unhappy with the current management, some of them describing them as overpaid schoolboys compared to some of the people who'd been at the company for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years in some cases. So, 
I think the way that they found out, I mean, one described them to me as uh, as it almost being like at Kolditz, the, the German prison camp, and prisoners being lined up uh, to to be picked out to be shot and so on. I mean, you know, that sort of level of feeling was was certainly very much in in the air yesterday. Um, what we know is that this week, you know, unless that company Railcare can find or you know money to 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 tend this over to October when this order book is going to be full. There was even talk of further redundancies. We've been trying to speak to Railcare about this to see if we can get some confirmation of that or whether or not, you know, this, this is the end of the uh, the current redundancy section, but they haven't been able to, to come on today and they haven't been able to give us a, a bit more information about what their plans are over the next few days. All they've said is that this is the interim situation. Obviously, they're in administration at the moment, so the administrators are, are dealing with that, and, and it does seem to be a, a pretty sorry state of affairs. What will the workers do now? Well, I mean, the ones who are left are turning up to work this morning. The ones who were there yesterday were saying that they were going to work, you know, even harder as they uh, were, you know, than they would normally do. Well, they will always work very hard, but what they were saying is that they were probably going to have to uh, cover other areas. Um, they don't think that uh, at the current staff level, uh, that you know, with those 118 jobs gone, that the the company is sustainable like that. They they fear that they're going to have to need to bring people in, and and as you just heard from. Uh, the shop steward there and there's no guarantee that the people who've just been made redundant will be those people who then come back in through the doors of the factory so w- whether or not you know we we see uh, a sort of suspension of things and then and then a ramp up in the autumn when when this order book this full order book you know will 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 sort of tide the company over and let's not forget that this railway works is one of the largest in the country and certainly a lot of the franchises the rail franchises in the uk use this yard as a way of either repairing their stock or um, you know getting it back on the rails if you like and, and a lot of the men who've been made redundant some of them are, are experts in uh, you know the wheels the sort of the nuts and bolts quite literally the nuts and bolts of what uh, what keeps the trains on the tracks and and what we've been told by uh, rail commentators is if you know if this place can't get back up and running in Wolverton then it will have a knock-on impact on every single rail franchise in the country which could mean you know trains aren't running on time or they're not being able to fulfill their commitment if you like. And Paul, uh, will Unite fight this or have they kind of resigned that this is going to happen? Well, there's the t- yes, absolutely. I mean, I think they will absolutely fight this. There's there's, there's Unite the the union, and, and there's also the RMT, the sort of rail uh, workers union as well. There, and um, th- they are very bullish. They feel that they can, um, you know, make the company make some concessions so they they are absolutely going to keep fighting and and uh, and trying to get as well the people who have been made redundant either back into employment or at least even you know to be considered to come back to the company if if times pick up so yes they they've told me that they're absolutely going to continue fighting this and and there is a lot of support in the uh, in the town as well yesterday this meeting wasn't just for people who uh, you know who who had worked there it was for residents as well and residents turned up the the, the priest and the local imam were there as well all, all sort of giving uh, support to the workers, so there's certainly uh, that there. But it, you know, it is a difficult struggle for the workers, and you can see it, it's a bit of an uphill one, considering that uh, the, you know the state of the business and, and the fact that this isn't just happening in, in Wolverton and Milton Keynes. This is also happening in Glasgow as well. So these two sites that this company run very much under pressure at the moment. Paul Squires, thank you very much. Call 08459 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
You're unhappy in your job, aren't you? <clears throat> the odds are you are. Eight out of ten adults are unhappy in their work, but they're too scared to change jobs because they think they'll be worse off. Seven out of ten admit they're in their current career for the money and not the love of what they do. So if you're too scared to quit, why not pretend that you like it? Joel is a writer and actor from Bedford and can give us some tips on how to make it look like you love your job. Morning, Joel. What, what can we do? Listen to the Ian Lee podcast on your way to work. There we go. That will cheer you up. No end. Good work. Well done. Yeah, listen to it backwards for hidden messages about how you could be happy. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't tried that. Um, But definitely, yeah, Ian Lee podcast on the way to work. Spring your step, smile. There are surprisingly, Joel, some people who, who dislike me. I know it's hard to believe. For those people who dislike me and their jobs, are there ways they can pretend that they enjoy it? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you smile every day, spring in a step, one of my favourites is if you go to the toilet when you're getting paid, you can, con- you can consider yourself partly a professional go-to-the-toiletter. Which, you is, can, you know, which is something you know. many people aspire to do. Yes, so are, are you saying that to enjoy your job, you need to just take long breaks and bunk off? No, uh, I mean, that helps if you can get away with it. I mean, uh... But no, no, I'm not saying that at all. Uh, but, you know, there are little moments, little moments in the day that can kind of make it go quick. So, you know, it's just quiet, pop to the loo, you know, have a little bit of banter with the people you work with. Things like that make the day go quicker. No, Joel, you're an actor. I'm a radio presenter. We don't have real jobs. Let's be honest about it. This isn't, this isn't work. Do you, ever, do you ever think, as I do quite often, about giving up this nonsense and getting a real job? Could you survive in a real job environment? Oh, yeah, I'm not that good at actor. Oh, um, oh, oh, okay, right. So, so that's what you're doing to pay the bills? <laughs> oh, 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 not not quite, not quite. There's some sometimes where uh, you just kind of have to soak up your pride and keep going. Um, but, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, if you fight with anything, if you enjoy something that you do, you just kind of keep going with it, you know? I'm, uh, I'm having a great time doing something in the evening. You just kind of focus on that and get through the day and... There you are. Joel, thank you very much indeed. He's uh, an actor and a writer from Bedford. Focus on the good things to get through the day. Well, that's one way of doing it. Are you brave enough to walk out of your job? Do give me a call. 08459 455 555. Statistically, you're probably very unhappy in your job, but you are scared to leave. Tina and Milton Keane says, if people are not doing the job they want to, they should quit, as it's not fair on the people they work with. And there's an unusual way of looking at it. The people that you work with... Um, we spoke about the Matrix signs. There's a few of these texts coming in. Let's pick some of these. We spoke about the Matrix signs on the M1 last week. They said they are working fine, but Phyllis texted in. He says, I just called the highways agency about why the M1 has been dropped to 50 miles per hour. And the guy told me uh, that half the new cameras are currently not working. Oh, that's good. That's good news. And Robin Luton has picked me up on something I said to JVS. Ian, you told JVS his chinos were out of date. Your corduroys were last worn when Oliver Cromwell was a lad, you cheeky little monkey. 8.44, let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's good news to start because the train's first capital connect back on timetable. Normal service has resumed after the broken down train at Finsbury Park has been moved out of the way. So trains to and from Moorgate are running without problems now. It's looking a bit slow this morning in St Neots. The A428 westbound is slow from the Cambridge Road toward the Barford Road heading up to the A1. And then the A1 is busy down to the Black Cat roundabout. A1M heavy going past Stevenage at Junction 7. 
Anti-clockwise M25, there's plenty of traffic going into the roadworks section past Enfield at Junction 25 toward Potter's Bar. It's looking slow from Kings Langley to the M40 as well. And clockwise is slow from Junction 22 at London Coney in toward Potter's Bar at Junction 24. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 8.45, Monday the 5th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A 64-year-old man has died after being assaulted in a Biggleswade car park on Saturday. Saturday, a 65-year-old man has been released on bail. Paul Gascoigne is due before Stevenage Magistrates Court today, charged with two counts of common assault and one of being drunk and disorderly. In sport, continuing rain at Old Trafford looks set to help England's cricketers to the draw they need to retain the Ashes. This is another reason why I don't understand cricket. How can you win a game just because it rains? That's mental. Coming up, Doctor Who. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. A bit of a cloudy start today and we should have some patchy rain fairly soon, if not already. That then turns heavier later on in the day, perhaps even thundery. We've also got some southerly winds really whipping up today as well. We could have gusts of up to 45 miles per hour later on. Temperatures, though, reaching 23 or 24 degrees Celsius as we still hold on to that warm air. Tonight, any rain rain moves off to the northeast, leaving us with a fresh but largely dry night ahead. Temperatures down to about 13 or 14 degrees. And tomorrow, a much brighter outlook it should be largely dry we could just have some isolated showers but generally much more pleasant than today and temperatures reaching 22 degrees celsius for the rest of the week it's a mixture of sunshine and showers some of which could be much heavier on wednesday that's your latest forecast thank you very much on BBC Two. I really need a volunteer for two minutes just to show you how quick and easy it is. When you said two minutes, how many minutes do you actually mean? Every second counts when you're pitching to the dragons. I think it's a genius idea. It's complete and utter rubbish. How much profit would that make you in a month? That will make me... have to forgive me, maths wasn't my strong point at school. You have got a moment here to convince us to hand your cash over. Could you hurry up? Leave him alone. What's the matter with you? Brand new Dragon's Den. Could you serve it now? Have some patience. Under pressure. Sunday night at 8 on BBC Two and BBC Two HD. TV just got good. Dragon's Den is back. Fam flippin-tastic. Fam blooming-tastic. Love it, love it, love it. Loving it, loving it, loving it. We're loving it like that, dear listener. Very excited. And TV is going to get better because there's a new Doctor Who. Last night, the replacement to Matt Smith's Time Lord was unveiled in a live episode on BBC One. It's Peter Capaldi! Yes! He'll take on the role of the 12th Doctor. He'll be taking over from Matt Smith when he leaves at Christmas. This, I think, is great news. For too long, the Doctor Who has been getting younger and younger. It's the second oldest Doctor. He's 55. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Justin Dealey, uh, Justin Dealey's he's, he's playing hard to get today. He's a little tease. He's pretending he's not excited by it. But I know deep down inside, your sonic screwdriver is wiggling away, isn't Do it? Do me a favour. Do me a favour. Come on, who is Peter Capaldi? What's he done? What's he achieved? You would like in the thick of it. Would I? You would like it, I think. Well, Never heard of it. It's a bit intellectual for you, actually. You, oh, you, is it now? You is perform Man O' Man, don't you? That's, that's your kind of level. Well, you've been abused over the weekend. Uh, Linda Marich this morning is calling me a Muppet on Twitter, probably yep. because I'm telling the truth about yep. Doctor Who. Face reality, Linda. No, People don't know who he is. Don't speak about Linda like that. She is, she, she is, she, she is being fair today. Yeah? Yeah, you are, you are a Muppet. 
Um, it's, it's better than what I was getting this weekend. <laughs> I was getting all kinds of things. Are you okay, mate? I'm a little bit annoyed by it, to yeah. be honest. But, you know, these things happen. I'll look after you. Thank you, fella. Now, listen, you've been speaking to people. Who have you been talking to? Yeah, I've been talking to people in Luton this morning. You're clearly very excited about Peter Capaldi. Um, I've been out there all morning. In the first couple of hours, people didn't really know who he was. So I tried again since 8 o'clock for you. And this is what's been happening. Joe. You're reading your paper this morning, you must know all about Peter Capaldi. I haven't got a clue. Peter Capaldi? Who's he? We want to know this morning, sir, just how excited you are about Peter Capaldi. I don't speak English. Yvonne, you've got your Daily Mail here today on the front page. There we can see Peter Capaldi. You must be thrilled about the news. I am. Yes, I think he's great. He's a good actor and I can understand what he says. I mean, most people this morning haven't even heard of him. Is that a bit of a concern? Because when you have a doctor, surely people have got to know who he is. No, that's fine. I'd never heard of Matt Smith. I didn't know David Tennant. I didn't know Christopher Eccleston, but you get to know them, don't you? Ladies, good morning. We're uh, spreading the love today uh, about the exciting new news about the new doctor. Peter Capaldi, you must be thrilled. About what? Sorry. (laughs) Peter Capaldi. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm really sorry. (laughs) Peter Capaldi. What an absolute legend, eh? I'm not sure... Do you know who he is? No. Oh, it's the new Doctor Who. Oh, is it? Well, again, I think you, you do just... You go and look for people, don't you? No, not at all. You do a little bit. Totally genuine. In three hours, well, actually two hours and 50 minutes to be precise, I yeah. found two people who know who he is. Only one of those people was excited. OK, well, that's, I, I, the next... I have no idea what the next bit of audio is. It says on my computer screen, <laughs> Doctor Who Nutter. What does that mean? Well, you, you know Doctor Who fans, they can be a bit strange, can't they? No. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, well, the last time we spoke about Doctor Who was a couple of months ago when th- there, of course, were rumours that the new Doctor could well be a lady. Yeah. And this is when I met Bill Higgins from Hemel Hempstead. What a great character he is. He is one of the world's biggest Doctor Who fans. So I put the question to him, was he single? And this is what he said. No. <laughs> In fact, my wife arranged for a Dalek to appear at our wedding reception. This is just getting weird now. <laughs> <laughs> how great was that for you? It was a, a, a big surprise. It was fantastic, because this was back in 2003 when, when I got married, yeah. and Doctor Who wasn't on the television back then, so those children didn't know what it was. Mm. Children who'd never seen a Dalek before. Yeah. Never hid behind a sofa. Oh, come on, give us your Dalek impression, come on. I'll, I'll turn away, I'll turn away. Give us your Dalek impression, I'm listening. Exterminate, you will obey us. Let's exterminate this conversation. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> now, I think you're a little bit harsh there, Justin. I don't think there's any, any such thing as a Doctor Who nutter. I think there are people who are enthusiastic. I'm slightly jealous that Beale had um, Daleks at his wedding. Just, oh, you're there. Sorry, Justin. Fantastic idea is to have a, a Dalek at your wedding. But, you know, in all seriousness, Doctor Who, it does bring out people who are, let's say, eccentric. I think that's a fact. But, but that in this country is a good thing. Because when you go oh. abroad, we lack the eccentrics. In this country, we have them. Long may that continue. I think you're a little bit harsh on Bill there. No, not at all. It's great fun. He was wonderful. What a great find. You go out, okay. you're asking people about Doctor Who, and then suddenly you find somebody who's had a Dalek at their wedding, and he's prepared to give you a Dalek impression. But you Fair did, play to that you man. Did label that audio on my computer Doctor Who Nutter wasn't didn't you? saved by me that was Kelly Betts ok well do, say good morning to Bill morning Bill morning Justin. morning morning, morning Bill listen I'm, I'm, I'm defending all Doctor Who fans today I'm, I, for the first time in a long time Bill I am very very excited by the news about Doctor Who what do, what do you think about Peter Capaldi is he a good choice 
Definitely, yes. Tell me I, why. I, I was most surprised. Well, when his name first came up in the running order last week, um, I just felt that um, he, he's a sort of actor that probably wouldn't have been given a chance because years ago, Russell T. Davis, when he was in charge of Doctor Who, said that he would never cast anybody as a Doctor over the age of 45. So yeah. for him to be the joint oldest along with William Hartnell, um, I think it's fantastic. And he, he's a young 55 at that, yeah. so he, you know, he doesn't look I was old, surprised he was 55, to be honest. Well, yeah, I must say, it's, it's only when you go back and look at his, like, his films and his TV and you think he was in Local Hero 30 yep. years ago, you think, well, yeah, he, he must be getting on a bit. But, Tell uh, it, yeah. Listen, Justin is not excited by this, Bill. Tell Justin why he should be excited about what could be happening in Doctor Who. Well, because he's an older actor, the, the whole dynamics of the show will change. Um, there's going to be... So <laughs> D- Daily, <laughs> sorry, no. Sorry, sorry. Respect my guests. Okay. Come sorry, on, carry on, sorry, Bill. Carry on. But, but, but you're quite right. I am a nutter. So, um, uh, but yeah, the whole dynamics will change. I, I would imagine they'll have... Uh, because there'll be such an age difference between the uh, companion and the, and the doctor. Uh, well, there is fictionally anyway, but... Um, I think they'll either bring in a, another character, maybe a male companion, um, maybe to bridge the gap, or they might bring in an older woman, maybe of a Emma Pill type. Now we're talking. Ooh, yeah, yeah. They, they will bring in, <laughs> listen, teenage girls, they will bring in a hot 23-year-old male assistant. Don't worry, of course they <laughs> oh, will. <yeah. laughs> of course they will. Uh, Dealey, has he convinced you at all? Has he changed your mind? Not really. No. And, and the, the main reason being, Bill, and again, I think you, you might have something to, to agree on or, or disagree here. I've been out this morning... Now now, uh, if you look on the front pages of pretty much all the newspapers this morning, they're all talking about the new Doctor. Now, considering it was hyped up so much, uh, people would have seen the programme last night. They're reading the papers this morning, and the people that I'm talking to on the street, they are not excited whatsoever. That doesn't really fill me with confidence to tune into the programme and, and watch it. Well, I, I think with uh, past doctors who have been announced, um, Tom Baker was a classic. I don't think many people had heard of Tom Baker, and yet he's rated as one of the best doctors ever. There have been um, a few, haven't there, Bill? To- Tom Baker, Col- I'm looking at them now. Tom Baker, no one knew who he was. Colin Baker, no one knew who he was. Sylvester mm. McCoy, not that many people knew who David Tennant was. Mm, uh, that's pa- right. Patrick Troughton, a bit. I mean, th- th- there have not been that many famous actors. I would suggest Hartnell, Pertwee and Davison were perhaps the most famous actors to be given the job. Definitely, yeah. But, uh, gentlemen, stay there. Bill and Justin, stay there. Mary's in Hemel wants to join in the conversation. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Ian. Are, are you excited by the new Doctor no, Who? not at all. Oh. I, I don't even watch it. Not now. I've stopped it years ago. But the point is that why do they keep putting push, uh, such weird people forward, or weird-looking people? Oh. Christopher Tennant, you had his googly Christopher Tennant. eyes. Yeah, yeah, googly eyes, yeah. Uh, big, sort of, pop eyes. What about, what about David Eccleston? What did you think of David Eccleston? Well, he was, I thought, a bit... <laughs> strange as well and yep. then the last one I can't even remember what his name was well there was Peter Baker no what's the very last well, one well let's go through them we've got William Troughton uh, I know all those Patrick Pertwee who's the one who's cu- who uh, Peter Capaldi is replacing he's uh, replacing Matt McGann God, I can't even remember who, don't even know what he looks like. Can, can you go through them one by one and tell it, what, what, <laughs> let's start with the first one, William hey. Troughton, what was wrong with no, him? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Troughton, Patrick <laughs> Troughton. Yeah, what was wrong with him? No, that wasn't the first one, um... William, uh, the, the William Wallace was the first one. What was no, wrong with no, him? I've got it in front of me. <laughs> he was in, funny enough, he was in a film, Carry On Sergeant. He was, wasn't he? Oh, what was his name, though? I can't the think... Ex- 
did he look funny to you? No, no, no. But they've got... They were quite normal for several, but now yes. suddenly they seem to be put, putting ones that are really quite strange-looking. The last one I thought was really quite odd-looking, and, and Peter Capaldi... I mean, he's probably a very nice bloke, but he's strange-looking. Would you, would you like to see... Who would you like to see as Doctor Who, then, Mary? I don't know, really, because I don't watch the programme. I outgrew it years ago. <laughs> Justin, Justin Dealey would be good, wouldn't he? But then again, I might look weird. Well, I don't even know what Justin looks like. Who I'm doesn't afraid. look weird? Who doesn't look weird, Mary? Who doesn't look weird? Is there anybody on this planet who doesn't look weird to you? Good question, JD. Uh, well, I don't know. I suppose it's beauties in the eye of the beholder. I don't know. I can't think but of it. name any. somebody. Name one person who doesn't look weird doesn't to you. Doesn't look weird. Um, one person Charlton in the... Heston. Um, this is the era you see yes, I come from. The, old, the olden Kurt days. Kurt Douglas. Kurt, Doug oh, Kurt yeah. Douglas has got one of those bum chins, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's not a bum chin. <laughs> I don't like that. Listen, Mary, uh, uh, Bill, lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much. Justin, Ian. listen, when this new series starts, mm. you and me, we're going to get together. I'll order a pizza. We'll sit there in our pants. We'll watch Doctor Who together, oh, all right? Do you know what? I was just going to say that because your nights are legendary, aren't they? they Those are. pizza nights. You sit yep. down in your underpants on yep. the sofa having a pizza, watching TV. I'm in. Well, that, that, that way you don't get your clothes dirty. Yeah, exactly. I'm there. I'm there. Good work, my dear, my friend. Uh, my dear, my dear, my dear friend. My dear friend. Yes, we'll see you later on. Thank you very much, uh, Justin Dilly. Well, there you go. I think we managed to whip him up into some level of excitement there. But bless Mary, getting a little bit confused um, on some of the doctors. There have been so many of them, it's hard not to get confused sometimes, isn't it? Right, coming up to the end of the show, let's get the latest travel news now, shall we? Adam Glynn, where the flipping hell is he? What's this twice in one show? Has he got a runny tummy or something? What on earth is going on with him? We'll just sit here and wait, shall we? Travel news for beds, cards, and Here he comes. Bugs. BBC Here he comes. Three Counties Radio. The A428 still looking quite slow around St Neots. It's looking busy as you come down toward the A1. The A1 a wee bit busy at the Black Cat roundabout. Not slow all the way back to St Neots now on the speed sensors, but still looking busy. The A1M is actually looking better than it was as you go past Stevenage now, and most of the routes into London are looking clearer than they were as well. The A10 is looking better through Enfield and through Chesant. On the M25, though, plenty of traffic anti-clockwise coming into the roadworks section. It's tailing back in toward Essex at the M11, through past Enfield and onto Potter's Bar and clockwise looking very slow that way as well from London Coney round to Potter's Bar Junction 22 to 24. Trains after the problems of early with First Capital Connect and the breakdown at Finsbury Park there are currently no delays. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much Adam. Right, that's it. JBS is up next. Do stick around and have a listen but from me that's your lot till tomorrow from 6. Ta-ta. FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday. And on today's big phone-in, do you care if the failing shops on your high street are turned into homes? The planning minister, Nick...